0: Hey!
1: This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into different band, different artists. We break down one of their records. We get into how it was made, the music, the lyrics, the art, and everything else. Uh, my name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and five stars only. Tell all your friends. Uh, all the social media is at Asinine Radio. And that's all I have for the boring intro. So what are we doing this week, Jeff? Uh, We're doing Sublimes, Sublimes. Sublimes, Sublimes. All right. Yeah, this is their third record from 97. Their last record um, actually was released two months after the singer, guitarist, songwriter Bradley Knoll died of uh, heroin overdose. So, which I'm sure we'll get into him and his life and the craziness of Sublime at this time in the mid, early and mid 90s because it was... uh, pretty wild pretty pretty wild stuff wild but yeah sublime sublime this is uh 17 tracks and uh or really actually 16 really because one of them is just the same song played twice but um anyway let's uh let's get into the songs and or actually let's get into our origin story with sublime and sublime sublime so what do you got jeff
0: that's cool you didn't do a six degrees. I did one though. If you oh, I didn't.
1: Well, it's six, the six degrees is too easy. <laughs> Josh Freeze played with Sublime with Rome. Josh Freeze to Blink. Easy peasy. There you go. I didn't know we were doing
0: Sublime with Rome. I thought we were doing Sublime. That's fine though.
1: Okay. <laughs> Dude, you're so annoying. Well, Josh Freeze or jo- <laughs> uh, Eric Wilson to Josh Freeze and Sublime with Rome. Josh Freeze to Tom DeLong. There you go. I, I only I only easy. did one
0: because I thought this was interesting, but Bud Gaw was in a band called Eyes Adrift. With Chris Novoselic In like uh-huh. 2003-ish Supergroup Yeah I, I didn't know he was in that band So But then Chris with Dave Dave And Going to Tom To, to make his sure route I Tom. guess Or to Okay to, With Brooks Brooks to Tom Brooks to Tom There you go boy, Your different, boy Brooks Different drummer Let's keep it in Brooks uh, Realm here Brooks territory Yeah
1: well, I, I anyway, didn't know he was in that band with, with Chris. That's, I, know, that's I didn't cool. know that either. I did not know that until this week either. Who, there was a couple other people too, right? There was yeah. There was at least one or two other people that were that were <sighs> in the
0: though? scene, established musicians. I think.
1: Yeah, I forgot who it was though. Maybe one of the guys from Pearl Jam, or I don't know. I don't know Jerry. That no, know. that was
0: that was like this. That was his all star group, and Stephen Perkins was in that all star group at some in some capacity. And then Eric Wilson was in an all-star group. But I think that all-star group, it was called like something, something, all-stars. Not Long, Long Beach. Beach. Dub. It wasn't was that one. Say. It was something else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, are you pulling my leg here? Or are you trying no, to no, it be wasn't, it No, wasn't, it wasn't that one.
0: But uh, yeah. I don't, I know. don't, know. I I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know, Jerry.
1: All right. Anyway, let's get into our, 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 uh, let's get into our origin stories with Sublimes.
0: I don't um I I don't know like like how I got into Sublime. I remember I remember the time that I was already really into Sublime and then I I had this friend Eric, friend of the pot Eric Mullins, and his brother Josh and Josh was was a cool dude. We never really talked cuz he was at least like 4 years older than us. But he had Sublime self-titled album on CD and I remember for whatever fucking reason I just like stole it from him. I took it from his room. <laughs> because he was he was a cool dude and he had like that stereotypical room where you walk in and there's, you know, fucking rad posters all over the wall. This is how I remember it. It could be totally different. Like It could be Mandela affecting myself. But he had cool posters all over the room. Like, we knew where he hid the Playboys under his bed. Like, Ooh. it was just stereotypical. And I knew that he had a cool-ass CD collection. And most of the stuff like, I kind of already knew about, I already had. But I remember, like, I had to have been, like, this was, like, right around middle school. So maybe, like, what were
1: you, like, 12 in middle yeah. school? Yeah, I'd say about 12, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I was like twelve, and then I fucking, I fucking ganked his CD, stole the CD. <laughs> I know if I just asked him, he would just would have given it to me because he was that, he was that kind of cool guy. But I don't know why I stole. What an asshole! So
1: I but stole, you stole it. The Sublime, Sublime, or 40 I, yeah, I stole,
0: I stole Sublime, Sublime. I didn't get into Forty Ounces until later, and I didn't get into Robin the Hood until much later. But Sublime, mm. Sublime was I mean, my my middle school self. I was just fucking obsessed with this shit. I loved this so much, and. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like there was, a lot, like, I talk about it all the time, but there's a lot of early inspirations for me to, to play the guitar, to get good at the guitar, to create my own my own sound with the guitar. Like Chris Caraba was an early early influence. Eruption, Van Halen, early influence, and like Bradley Knoll. like the way because like like Van Halen, they were all the already established band in my mind because my mom had been listening to them over and over and over, and that is their sound. Chris Caraba, for me, that was just like, oh, I want to play acoustic guitar because I like it. I like what you're doing with it. But then Sublime was like, damn, man, I like all the genres of music you're doing, and I like how you're making it your own. And that's kind of what I wanted to do in my musical endeavors. So I looked up to Sublime at the time because I like the music, but not just about the music, the way they projected their own interests, the way they, they wore their genres in the sleeves, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I loved about Sublime.
1: Still, so well, what you thing, still love about Sublime, yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> All right, my origin story is uh, is Day Rape, is that song. Middle school, maybe seventh grade, so like 99, I guess, 1998, 1999. It uh, came on K-Rock, local uh, radio station here in the L.A. area. And, uh, I mean, this band is very, very regional as well. And we, I think we we realized that the last time we did Sublime, when we did 40 Ones to Freedom, we're like, dude, like outside of California and the West Coast, I, like they're not that popular. They That's really aren't. Tragic absolutely yeah. tragic so and i i mean i can kind, i kind of get it too especially with some of the songs on 40 ounces and a few of the songs on this record i get it i get it dude um but uh yeah so date rape was was my introduction and just when you're at that age and you hear a song at that point i ne- i mean i had heard like you know goldfinger superman so i'd heard some ska um suicide machines and stuff but nothing like sublime sublime was a little bit different and and the speed of that song and just the squirreliness of the bass, the upstroking of the guitar, the trumpets, it was just, it's a wild, I mean, it really is a wild song. And then you break down the lyrics, and when you're 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, and you're hearing those really lyrics, you're like, holy shit, this is, nobody sings about this like on the radio, like, what the hell, what's going on? So that was my introduction to to, to the band. And then my friend Sean, he got the the greatest hits, Sublime... Or no, it wasn't. The, it wasn't called Greatest Hits. It was called. Remember those that those CD collections called the Essential, Essential, Sublime, Essential. Yeah. And it was, and every one of them Kinda was like 10 black songs. and white covers. Black and white covers. Yeah. And every one of them were the 10, 10 best songs from whatever band that you bought. So on that, so he had that CD, and uh, and I of course burned it because I was a pirate, and um, and yeah, so Day Rape was on there. Smoked two joints. Um, you know, and then the hits off of Sublime, Sublime, and then I and then saw Red, the only song from Robin Hood. Um, and yeah, and so that was I didn't I only listened to that CD for a couple years, and then I think it was like sophomore year I finally got around to buying uh Sublime, Sublime, Forty Ounces to Freedom, just and then I was just like obsessed, obsessed with especially the self-titled record, and then much like you, I didn't get into Robin the Hood until after high school. Actually, it took many years before I got into that. God damn, dude! That Robin the Hood just is their best record. Hands fucking down. Robin the Hood's the best. I don't care. I'm saying it right now. Uh, the way the way I because I, we're not ranking the three albums,
0: and they have a lot of other live albums and stuff. So we're not ranking the three albums, but the way I see the albums play out is they're each kind of like unique in their own way. Yeah. I think Forty Ounces to Freedom is what they really wanted musically, but not production wise. I think Robin the Hood is what they really wanted like production-wise, but didn't quite make it musically. And I think Sublime Sublime is kind of like a mixture of both. It's really overproduced. But I think they had a great time doing it. And Brad was sober for like three fucking months. And he's had that, supposedly, that one relapse. So I think Sublime Sublime is like what they really wanted as a band to sound like, but they just didn't get Brad. Yeah. And that's tragic and horrible. And I think I think each record is like, I think they're all perfect. I think all the other records are perfect. I don't fucking care. I'm saying right now. I think they've been tragically underrated to the point where it's, it's criminal. I, but I think I all agree. Of the records are perfect in their own way.
1: I think they're underrated. For sure, they're underrated, but I wouldn't say that all the records are perfect. That's, that's not true. My favorite um, from the past past like five or so years has been for, I've, I've,
0: I've really come around to 40 ounces to freedom. It is: no. It's fucking unreal.
1: I just even was we did 40 ounces a couple like 2 years ago I think it was. Yeah. And uh I real that's when I realized I don't like Sublime as much as I thought I did or as much as I used to. Th- especially after especially listening to 40 ounces to freedom because there's some there's some bad songs on there. Like there's no bad songs on well, there. yeah There are. There
0: there's are. There's some there's some for sure filler on Robin there's the
1: Hood. There's a lot of no, but Robin the Hood has a good chaotic, as weird as it sounds, it has a good chaotic flow to it. I love because the craziness of Robin the Hood. That's the
0: production they wanted, just not And I fucking the songs. love that. I love that. That's why it's perfect, is because that's the production they wanted. It's just the songs aren't all there. It's mostly there, but not all there. But you, you gotta respect it, because this is what they wanted like production-wise. This, this is what they wanted 40 Ounces to Freedom to sound like, but they were just a bunch of fucking drunken, potheads that didn't know what to do when they signed a contract and that's why i think 40 ounces of freedom is is 40 ounces of freedom is so goddamn good Mm -hmm. and it's amazing too that that bud gov wasn't even like the main drummer of that era of sublime and that's Mm -hmm. like oft forgot that that marshall goodman um ross mg is, is, is the dude that played the drums on most of the songs date rape, their first their breakout hit that's that's ross mg playing drums
1: yeah 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 but still overall the i think this to me the songs actually i'll wait to talk about that uh, about certain songs on on the self-titled record because i mean we don't really need to go into the other to robin the hood and 40 ounces too much nah uh, i mean there's already i think there's already i'll, ca- enough I'll go for fucking
0: days i don't even care this is this is my favorite <laughs> guitarist of all time he's just my personal subjective favorite guitarist i think I think when he feels something, he knows how to make his guitar say what he's feeling. And, and you just, a lot of great guitarists out there, I just don't think a lot of them can do what he does on the guitar. And it's just, when you, like you could take out his vocals entirely and you could probably even pinpoint exactly regionally where he's from. His likes, his dislikes, and kind of like a little bit about him, just the way he plays guitar. I think it's absolutely insane and amazing and that's something you don't get, even from like the big names like Eddie Van Halen, right? Like, do you do know his likes and dislikes genre wise when he's playing some of the, the, the things he's playing? Probably not. No, but when you hear Bradley <laughs> Noel play shit, it, granted, it's not like Eddie Van Halen status or, or Jimmy Page stuff, but again, wearing your genre on the sleeve. And people always say, like, oh, they ripped off this. Like, that's what they fucking told you from the beginning. They're not ripping off anything. It's called sampling. How come like people don't get mad at Connie for ripping off or, or mad at any of the hip hop artists ripping off? Dude, these guys are from Long Beach. Come yeah. on. Come yeah. on. They're not ripping off anybody. And they even have a song other than the first album. It's just called Thanks.
1: I know. Come on. <laughs> He's literally just talking and thanking people.
0: that's not even one of the guys from the band. That's fucking Miguel.
1: <laughs> come on oh man all right let's uh okay so so the self-titled record um let's start with do we have any stinkers on this one no okay well that's wrong um no i do have no. i i do have one stinker and several songs that what are, are talking about that are that are on the verge of being stinkers well there's one song that's on the verge but still not a stinker what's that
0: that's the the reprise 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 yeah the what i got
1: reprise that song just doesn't need to be here it doesn't need to be here it's not good because in all honesty the what i got song is not that great it's really not that great it's not that's on my that's on my i don't want to say filler but like on my crossing the line crossing the line list almost to a stinker i really don't like the what i got song i don't think it's that good I think the lyrics, the lyrics are, they're kind of stupid. The vocal delivery, I don't like the way Bradley sings it. The acoustic guitar with that sample drum beat, I just, it's just, it's a mess. It's just a mess of different styles that just don't, it just doesn't work. And it just sounds so polished. Like it doesn't, I think if you were to throw this on Robin the Hood with like the shitty ass quality, it would have this like sort of endearing sound to it. But with how polished it is, it sounds like shit. And a few of these songs, man, they're just all the all the white boy ska reggae bands that came out after Sublime only base their sound around "What I Got," "Caress Me Down," "Santeria," you know, shit like that. And and I that is the worst of Sublime, like hands down the worst of Sublime. And seriously, all like the bands like Pepper and um slightly stupid slightly stupid they all took just that shitty sublime and just made it even worse and it's just gross i can't stand that shit i cannot fucking stand it
0: to say it's gross is is one thing to say you can't stand it is is it's a little bit different but to say, it's not gross
1: it's just it,
0: it's so derivative it's just not what what people what what people are calling this now is is, is cultural preparation and that is, uh, that, that's a gross term. That is a gross, that's a yeah. overly used term to like misappropriate what is actually going on. But to say it's gross, it's not gross. And and so I I will say- oh, It's gross
1: in th- how bad it is. That, that, that's what I mean.
0: But they're not bad. bad. It's just generic. It's
1: pretty bad. It's
0: but pretty have bad. you listened to a lot of reggae?
1: Yeah. And a lot of it is pretty Jesus mean. Jesus so fucking Christ. <laughs> it's fucking generic i agree Oh <laughs> shit not, i'm not trying to defend reggae by any means and because it does f- talk about repetitive. like like
0: influences right like also like punk music thrash music a lot of the things that are pulling from this regional white boy reggae a lot of that shit's fucking generic
1: but at least with like things like punk and metal like you hear that progression over the years reggae literally has not changed you know, in the 50, 60 years that it's been around, well, it, it
0: changed from ska to reggae. It was just ska to like rocksteady to reggae to reggaeton. To, there's been a progression of change. And, and know, it's been a shit progression.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, come on.
0: Come on. Come on. I don't want to say it's a shit progression. I, there's, there's, there's certain aspects of, of the reggaeton, ska family tree
1: that I like and don't like. Reggaeton is one of the worst genres of all time.
0: There's, it's Fucking not seriously. all
1: bad dude it's bad reggaeton is terrible fucking it's up there it's up there with pop country up there with worship music it's bad it's bad Uh, I'm being a negative Nancy I know but it has to be said alright it has to be said somebody has to call them as they see them and that's what I'm doing
0: there's some there's some great reggaeton songs out there but okay
1: name one name one
0: dude gas daddy yankee gasolina dude that song
1: sucks are you kidding me that song sucks.
0: Fuck it. He was like, <laughs> I love Daddy Yankee, man. Come on. <laughs> Fuck
1: oh it. man. Okay. So yeah, the, what I got the reprise stupid. That, it's
0: that's my, that's my, that's my only okay song <laughs> because All I'm right. not going to skip it. I'm not going to
1: skip it. Oh, I skip it every single time.
0: I'm not going to skip it.
1: The only time I don't skip it is if I'm listening to it on vinyl because there's only one song after it. So I'm like, ah, I want to get up just to skip it to one song so but the, but the actual
0: why. the actual what I got the 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 correct version of it that's my fifteen b
1: that is that's where it should be it should be toward the bottom <laughs> so 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 let so let me go just go through I have five songs that are on the on, on the chopping oh, block God so let's start with go, we'll go talking about
0: santeria here we go
1: santeria get ready, the ballad of Johnny Butt what I got and then caress me down is like really on the verge of crossing over into the stinker list. I hate let's do,
0: let's do caress me down first because that's my 13 B, um, caress me down, caress me down is, is this is one of those songs that's kind of like very similar to what I got or Santeria. This is like their most popular song and it's just, it's a throwaway song because it's so catchy and, and dumb and everything. But because the other two songs are so insanely popular, you just don't hear this one as much as you do the other two. But it really is in the same fucking boat as the other two. But it's still a good song because the melodies are easy to follow. It's a fun, like, sing, like, with him in Spanish type of thing. And it's just, like, an easy song to get into. And that dee 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 That's an easy thing to fucking play. It's
1: fun. I like it does kind of hard. I get it.
0: I like his samples that he uses. He even samples himself from the freeway time in LA County, right? The yeah. right kind of love on a Sunday morning. Like I just, I, I, this song's cool, man. This song is good. I like it. It's melodic. It's fun. It's cute, but it's pushed this far into the album for a reason. And that's because it's not, it's a throwaway song. It's a throwaway it is, song it, that just happens to be kind of catchy.
1: And this is also, I, I think I just have bad memories with this song too because it's like you know it's this sounds so elitist and so annoying but the the scene that you and I grew up in was very very different than how my sister grew up who's younger she's 3 years younger than me you and I grew up in the music scene my sister grew was a cheerleader in high school she was very much into hip hop and 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 pop music it just just we grew up very very differently and I remember and they used to party at my mom never allowed me to party when I was when I was a kid. I was like the guinea pig. My mom the way my mom treated my sister was very different. And she allowed my sister to have parties at like 15, 16 years old, have parties at the house and all this shit. And I remember coming home like, you know, at 1. I remember midnight. going to your house when your sister remember, was having parties. When she has she has, you've experienced many of many of those those instances. And I remember walking in and they'd be playing like really shitty sublime like they play, they'd be playing this song, and I remember everybody would be singing this song, and it just it would just make me mad, and just I just I don't I didn't like that scene that she was in. It was really annoying, really bad, and I just isn't I that just, sublime at stupid. heart though.
0: Ugh, isn't
1: that what sublime is all about? I suppose, but it's still, I just it yeah. You're right. Okay, I you're right. You're right about that.
0: God damn man, like just. If there was ever a bigger party band in the '90s, I don't, I don't know if they were bigger than Sublime as far as parting was, based on how how much money they had to even throw parties. Like they, they fucking yeah. made their own record label because they got a bad <laughs> reputation of parting so hard nobody would true. book them. So they made Skunk Records and said, "Oh yeah, we have a new band from Skunk Records," just so they wouldn't be billed as Sublime. <laughs> I know because they trashed everywhere they go.
1: That's true. That is very true.
0: I don't I don't hate caress me down. I don't. I I think
1: it's a good song. I, I would fucking never It's just get it's this weak, one. man. It's it's weak. It's too simple. It's it's too simple and like you just know there's so much better than this like melodically, songwriting-wise. I think the Spanish is cheesy. Um, it's not because he's a white guy singing in Spanish, but it's just it just sounds too forced. And I know it probably wasn't at the time because Bradley seemed like he was a really cool dude and like he really respected other cultures. Obviously, I don't think like he, he went to fucking like he was,
0: Woodrow Wilson High School in Long Beach. Just like half Mexican,
1: yeah. But, but I don't know. Just I feel like I don't know. I just I he's can't, ingrained in Mexican culture. I know, I know, I get it, but I just I can't. I just think it just sounds too cheesy in the song. It sounds way too cheesy.
0: That's because it's a little too polished. So when, he, when they did it on Forty ounces of Freedom, the, the uh, uh, Chica Metipo, that mm. one's that one seems a lot more natural this one this one does sound like he's almost like reading from a script because the way he's rolling his r's is, is like hard and yes like we all know bradley Knowles a white guy and so like when you hear him do these things especially now like with these with these retro goggles on we can look back and think like <laughs> retro oh yeah <laughs> like yeah he's rolling his r's too hard he's a fucking white guy and he shouldn't be doing that that's fucking appropriation it's like dude this guy went to a fucking predominantly Mexican high school he lived in a predominantly Mexican neighborhood his friends like growing up were predominantly Mexican like he was ingrained in this culture more so than like a lot of most people in the United States
1: I agree with you on that and that's not what I'm that's not what I'm complaining about I just I just feel like overall it sounds cheesy I'm not talking I don't care I don't think there's cultural appropriation or anything like that in this song I just think it just doesn't sound very good it you sounds fucking, too forced. I, it sounds the, too forced.
0: Get, get the fuck out of here! I don't know what, you're, what you. What do you mean? Just, just leave. Thought, I'll, do I'll, I'll finish this up by myself. I really thought you just said "go get fucked." <laughs> go get fucked. Isn't that what the? is that what the 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 what the skips
1: say? Go get fucked. Oh, the Britlanders. The Britlanders. Uh, maybe I know. I don't think that's a that's I'll, a that's a Britland thing. I was trying to think of
0: a funny, um, non-super <laughs> aggressive. Uh, Derogatory term for for England people, <laughs> but then I couldn't think of anything.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, caress me down, whatever. That's fine. I mean, they, they pretty much took that entire base. Come on, from and song. then when, so, when,
1: when you get to that bridge, the oh, I'm gonna caress me down, oh, that's the loving sound. I mean, the song is all it's just about that's, having sex, and it's just that like, is one hundred percent
0: lifted from from another artist. No, I know song, it is. The song's called the "Caress is. Me Down."
1: I know, I know, I know. But it's still fucking stupid. It's still dumb. It really is. Come on, come on. Okay. Come on.
0: All right. Come on. That's fine. There's fucking 13 other songs I'd rather talk about than "Crest Me Down. My 13B, don't care.
1: So let's, uh, so uh, I, I feel like we do have to talk about the hits like Santeria, What I Got. I'm totally fine not talking about the Ballad of Johnny Butt and Get Ready. What? that for you?
0: Okay, so if we're talking about Get Ready, uh, Get Ready, that's my 14B, whatever, don't really care that much. But Johnny Butt, dude, Johnny Butt's my 8B. Will to survive. Dude, Johnny Butt's so goddamn good. I love the range in Brad's singing, the lower part of like his singing is my favorite, the we got, got the brand new, brand new bands. Bands. Yeah, Eric in the back, we note matching. overcome. And then immediately jumped back into boom. the high part. I was like, boom, come boom, on, boom. dude. First of all, Brad's got range vocally. Like, Brad's got some soul to his voice. In his lower register, he can kind of hit those, those lower things too where like, even Gwen Stefani had said, like, when she first heard Sublime, she thought the singer was a black guy. She's like, there's no fucking way. This has to be a black guy because he has so much soul in his voice. I don't know if that was an after-the-fact thing that she said after she met him because she was being nice. But Brad does have range. He's a good he singer.
1: He, he was a good singer, yeah. And
0: even live stuff, dude. He is a good singer. He sounds even when great he was sloppy. live. Yeah. Even when he was sloppy. He, could, <laughs> he knew he fucked up lyrics. And a lot of live stuff that, that you've heard, you can hear him fuck up lyrics. And he catches himself. And even though you know he's fucked up on like heroin, you know he thinks, damn, that's not the right lyric. I don't know what the right lyric is. So I'll just kind of like scat my way through it. And you hear him do that a lot. And yeah. he sounds great
1: doing it. He does. He does. And you know what? So I'm talking so much shit on these songs. I know. I don't know but why. I know. But I know all the words to it. <laughs> I know all the words to these songs. <laughs> I know all the transitions. I know all the little bass parts, the noodlings. I know it all. Like, I've listened to this record. Dude, I've, lis- I've literally listened hundreds, to this record hundreds of times. Hundreds. If not a thousand times. Seriously, I was obsessed with this record. So I know... This record front to back, and I really, I mean, in all honesty, I do like all the songs. But when you take them out individually, there are some of the songs are pretty weak. But then when you throw them into the context of the record, it's so much better. I mean, we're like, we're we're just going
0: over the worst of the album right now, and these songs yeah. are still like they're not they're they're still, compared they're to good. compared to some of the shit we've done in this pod. These are pretty fucking good. Yeah, compared yeah. to like some of the horrible things that Michael Mike Mike Romance has done to us, these are still Poison. pretty fucking good songs. Yeah. Yeah, Compared right. to some of Rise Against has done to you. These are oh pretty good God, songs. Dude.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Rise Against is just ugh, against me as well. Terrible bands. Mm, okay. Terrible no, bands. Those
0: are words. <laughs> and then what I got what I got by yeah. 15B we we got to go over what I got. I don't I will say I I think like living here in Arizona, I I I, I can appreciate the song more because I don't, I don't live in Socal. I don't hear the song fucking in Target. Oh I don't God. hear the song everywhere I go. In and I don't listen to the song that often, um, because it's not on an, any playlist I would ever put it on. But listening to the vinyls, and it comes on, I'm like, oh yeah, this is kind of a cool song. It's it's mellow. It's it's got the sublime vibe. I know you hate the vibe thing. I, I know it's got do. this. It's it's got the sublime vibe to it. It is a little cheesy. It's pretty much like all lifted from various spots and places. And that that riff itself is just essentially like that Skinner. that Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, like scale is. down yeah but it's still it's still a good song and there's a lot of fucking hip-hop uh, interpolations they sample a lot of hip-hop songs and it's it's cool i like it and his solo i think his solo is absolutely fucking fantastic
1: that acoustic solo i uh i don't i can't get into I it i love it
0: i think it's cool because the dude rips he can rip he, he can. can play he plays guitar like a motherfucking riot. And in this one, he's playing an acoustic guitar, so he's
1: not going to oh, rip it I hate up. That transition, and too. so he
0: goes doo doo So it's smooth. It's 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 like butter.
1: It's I do like, like the way he he bends that note too during the solo. That the, just that that the bends, man, they're solid. And and honestly, there's there's no there's no muddled notes during that solo. Everything is so crisp and so precise. And on an acoustic guitar, that where you could tell he's fucking hitting that hard. There's there's nothing I mean it's it's clean. It's fucking clean. Yeah. Um but I also hate that transition like a motherfucking riot. Bam 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 bam. It's so stupid. It is so fucking dumb. Oh, I hate it so much. Because
0: <laughs> it's it's it could be it's supposed to be dumb. It's supposed to I he's know. making fun of himself. He's talking about hey, uh, he, he doesn't cry when his dog runs away. Uh, he doesn't I get know. mad at his bills, but like he was overwhelmed with like stardom and all like the things that are coming down with him and he was spending more money and therefore he had to pay more taxes and all these things. And he was super overwhelmed by it. And that's what like caused him to relapse into more heroin. And his dog did run away multiple times. And by all accounts, people said that all he did and fucking sit in his room and cry. He was like devastated by it. And so like this song is about, you know, not sweating the small stuff, but it's kind of tongue in cheek because all he did was sweat the small stuff.
1: Yeah, and that's what the lyrics are about. For, and for such a, a happy and poppy-sounding song, too. The lyrics are, you know, it, it is about his anxiety and depression and all that kind of shit.
0: I will say, man, there's not, there's not a lot of bands, not a lot of songwriters out there that have written songs dealing with their own addiction as they're going through the addiction also while acknowledging that they're probably not going to make it.
1: I guess. I mean, when I'm... I don't know. Is it fair to say that though? Because we're not really lyric men. So it's hard to say.
0: But dude, come on pool shark. One day I'm going to lose the war. Like that is 100%. Everybody knows it's about his addiction and he knew he was not going to be able to kick this addiction
1: but I think he I told think his dad he told his dad but it's not I think the, it's way, not. The, way, the way he told his dad during the production the of this
0: album no because he told his dad during the review of this album he was trying to get out of the house to go score fucking uh, heroin when he was visiting back home in Long Beach while they were on tour right before they were going to go off on this album and before he got sober for three months after he got married he uh, he told his dad he's like dude I like let me go and his dad's like no I can't let you go He's like, if you don't do it now I'm just going to do it tomorrow or the next day I'm just going to do it this is what I do and his dad let him go. He's, he's like, okay, well, fuck, man, what do I do? Like, Brad knew he wasn't going to make it. He, he, he didn't hide it at all. Bradley Nolan friends, the live shit. He's yeah. fucked up in there. And he apologizes for being fucked up. And he says he has no control over it. Like, this is, this is the most, most hard-hitting we've ever seen, like, a, a rock star w- w- with, like, addiction problems.
1: I guess. Like people, people I trying mean, to hide it. This
0: dude never hit it. No, that's true. He never hit. He's saying no. about it. He fucking said he apologized for it. He, he glorified he, it f- in a way. He didn't. He never glorified it. Uh, never glorified. it. I think it.
1: talking about it the way he did, how unapologetically he talked about it, it's in a way it's kind of glorifying it. No,
0: not at all. Not because at all. He, uh, I he's I know, he is a, he's a he's a he's a dude. Addiction is a, is a
1: especially horrible. considering how they made such party music and it just. Yeah. Nah, nah. I, I mean I do no, like Bradley Noel a lot. He is a great songwriter, great singer, great guitar player. But I don't <sighs> I think the way we perceive addiction now is, is
0: better than we did ten years ago even in, in just thinking like addiction is this thing that that people just can't overcome by themselves and instead of just like, oh fuck that guy, he OD'd, who gives a fuck, fuck him. And so now we see it with like different lenses. But this was the nineties, man. Like nobody gives a shit. Like if you're just a junkie, you're just a junkie. You're on your own. This guy had no help except from his like friends and well, family, immediate
1: friends. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Look at all the the fentanyl shit going on right now in every major city. Most people don't care what's going on with all that's the that's kid that's
0: right? kid stuff though. That's like kids experimenting with things, and the vast majority yeah. of the fentanyl epidemic now is the high schoolers. And that's because our no. high schools are overcrowded and there's not enough staff eh, to police that I, shit. What do you mean, eh? What I are you talking about, eh? know,
1: I disagree with what you on What that.
0: part of that do you disagree about? Like, literally, the, the, the people that. that are affected the most by that are people between the ages of 15 to, like, 22. That's like high
1: school and early college. That's most addiction. That's most addiction. Early 20s. Like, you know, teenage years through early 20s. That's with any sort of major drug.
0: But we, but again, going back, going back around again,
1: and the way, and the way that society is treating drug drug addiction now, it's just such a throwaway thing. There's no help. People don't want to help. You know, they don't want. Never. Mind, I'm not going to go down this road. But that's I, not never, that's I never, not never, true. I don't, I don't that's not true. Road. There's help
0: available it. for you if you really need it. It should. But people help. don't want to fucking the ni- get help. But in that's the nineties, the there was no, no help. help. But in the nineties, there was no there help. Was there was no place for you to go
1: bullshit no, there was that's not a, that there was 100% no government not funded programs to there, was go to there was a the lot of shit there was a lot of shit talking in the 90s. about there was a lot of shit in the 90s you're there full of shit too.
0: because in long beach the first like the first actual like halfway house that was open to everybody that actually provided help based on not just like oh just come here and stay sober and i will you, i will make sure you don't get drugs the first thing to do that was after brad died and jim lindberg from fucking pennywise and all these other guys from the local bands Put money into this place Where people could go And take their mind off drugs And actually do something Otherwise halfway houses Were just like prisons You just go there Just to Because you had nowhere else to go There was no help there That's not help you, you, You're just sitting there Waiting for your next fix That's mm-hmm. it That's it That's it After Brad died There was this huge I mean it was, I won't say it's huge But Like Brad's Widow Funded this This halfway house To where like there was guitars there and people could pick up guitars and like hang out and like watch TV and it was a welcoming space. And I'm telling you, dude, Jim Lindbergh, there's like three other like fairly big like Southern California musicians that put a lot of money into this to help guys like get kick the habit. And I, I mean, I've never been like really addicted to anything except for pizza, but <laughs> joke. <laughs> but like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe that helps. I don't know. But bullshit tell me that fuck in the 90s, come on there was like as much help as there was then as always near here now as your fuck
1: tell no, me I, that there okay, was not
0: I, more now that there was then
1: I was trying to make a different point but I don't English want to do is hard I don't want to go down that road I don't want to go down that road
0: English is hard Um, whatever what I got's a good fucking song dude Bradley fun. Noel. he's to to say that he's glamorizing or 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 being a martyr for like like the cause I think is I know I, I don't think that at all I think it's 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 actually like a cry for help. I think he was he started as a kid because they, they could before before 40 Ones to Freedom came out like they're were, they were jamming and doing shit three four years before that They were teens and teens. Yeah, yeah, you do drugs and you fuck around in your teens and then you kind of grow out of it. You phase out. But because their fans are kind of always wanting to party with them and they you know, they they, they started that 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 roller coaster already. Like He could never get out of it. He had no fucking chance and he knew he had no chance but I think that's—I don't know. Well, a little he had humility. free will too. I mean, oh, hold on there, dude, because there is no such thing as free will.
1: <laughs> I knew you going gonna—that's why I said that. I knew you're gonna do that shit. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I really,
0: I really do think that this dude had no fucking chance after 40 ounces of freedom dropped. I, I should say after date rape got big, this guy had no chance.
1: I disagree with that, but whatever. Whatever. No chance in hell Everybody has a chance. Everybody has a chance. Well not everybody, but in this instance he had a chance. But
0: not everybody's chance. do you do you agree that not everybody's
1: chance is equal? That. Oh shit. I did not mean to do that. Well, I think it, yeah. I think in in this scenario with him, he did have a chance and he did get clean. So obviously he could he could do it. He did do it. There are he chose not. to relapse. I get There's. it, it's difficult, it's very difficult. There are but stories too
0: that that say that I mean, of course, it can be done. Anything can be done. Shit, anything can be done, but getting it done is the hard part, right? It's it's it's, it's easy to stand on top of your built house and say, "Yeah, I fucking did this," but it's hard to build the house. Whatever. Yeah. But there there are reports that that the day the day that Brad died, um, he had he they were they were staying in a hotel in Petaluma, and and he had tried to wake up Bud, who was sharing the room with him. And, and supposedly, by all the, by the, I don't know, the, the light side of his death story, says that he tried to wake up Bud, but it's like, nah, dude, I'm fucking hungover, I don't want to do anything. They are partying all, that, all night last night, and Brad was telling him, hey, dude, there's big waves, let's go check him out, let's go to the beach, because they're right on the beach. And Bud went back to bed, and so Brad, I nobody really knows what he did, but when Bud woke up, Brad, Brad was dead. But the darker mm. side of that story, too, that I've read multiple, kind of like higher-end like Vice or... or I think it was vice a couple other like higher end websites and, and articles when Brad tried to wake Bud up, he did not wake up when Brad went to go down to the beach, Bud did wake up, shoot up and then went back to bed. So when Brad came back, he, uh, he shot up cause he saw Bud, all the stuff was already out. So he did it too. Died. And then when Bud woke up, he kind of looked at Brad and was like, fuck man, that should have been me. Right. Cause I was, I was oh, just damn. doing this here. And so wow. there's, there's like the dark side and the light side. If you, depending on which documentary you watch, you only get one of those two stories. But uh, the thought of of just waking up next to like your bandmate, your best friend, who died doing the same exact thing you had just done hours before—it's just it's that is tragic. That yeah. is tragic.
1: Really is. Really, really is. Now that we've uh, now we, now that we've gone through kind of our stinkers, you know, fillers, bottom tier stuff, let's get into some of our bangers. What is your what is your number one banger? What is your one I,
0: I want I I I want you to take care. I want to know what your one B is so I can prepare myself. I can <laughs>
1: laugh, I can cry, I can get mad. Dude, it's all my my bangers are all over the place. So my one B, one of my favorite Sublime songs Uh-oh. What are you? What are you
0: groaning for? Because I feel like it's either gonna be like paddle out or same in the end or like one of those ones that are a little like why? Because it's uh, a punk song. Yeah, but, but those are like two like topical punk songs or just you know like eh, mid-tier Sublime so, punk songs.
1: This is actually I would say this my my one B is my second favorite. Yeah, it's my second favorite Sublime song. So it's uh, doing time. The last Whoa. song on the record. That's my. That's one of my favorite Sublime what songs. What The fuck. Yeah, I love this song. How did that even happen? I've always loved this song. The first time I That's heard it I fucking loved wild. it and I've always loved it. Okay. I just love how laid back it is, how it just starts off with like just kind of the the boom, boom, boom. It's just that, that high the high notes. I know it's like a it's a play on the George Gershwin song summertime and I just I I just love the the feel of this song, the vibe of this song. It's just so relaxed and just so lazy. I I love it. it's so So, much fun to sing.
0: I I learned this week that 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 ding, 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 that part is a Herbie Mann sample from from Live at the Village Gate or Village Gate, which I thought was fucking unreal. That's I think that's all Miguel. Miguel's like the DJ guy. That's that's amazing. But yeah, it is a play on the summertime Gershwin tune. But damn, man, if there's ever a song. And like, it's sad to think that like this is the last song we heard from sublime, like technically album wise, Mm -hmm. this is, this is a good way to go out. This is like the best closing band song
1: you could possibly do. And this, so when, when Bradley was still alive, they recorded this song and it was supposed to be, I think the first track, it was supposed to open the album, I believe. And they couldn't get the rights to, to some parts of the song. So they scrapped it, and then after Bradley died, they got the rights, which probably because he died and they felt bad. So then they got the rights after the fact, and then they threw it on the end of the record.
0: Yeah. So
1: that, that's a fun um, little fact there.
0: One of my favorite parts in the album is, is the way he sings the third verse in this one, the evil part, the yeevil, evil. That <laughs> just like that lower. That evil. Again, you just Most like, like dropping, dropping the tone down. It's so good. Yeah. It's and there is so much a, dub in oh this God. song, man. Eric fucking Ex- yes. Eric slays at what at playing does. the bass on this album,
1: right? It's just such a lazy sounding song, but the groove is just the groove is insane. I, I mean, I, this song is. It, I mean, people who don't live in Southern California, I don't think. I mean, like we've talked about, this is a very regional band, but this is one but of it the shouldn't non-album. Shouldn't be a regional band. It shouldn't be, but it is. And and doing time is really a a non-album single. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a, it's not a single from the record, but it's always played on radio. I hear, I literally heard it today on the radio because when Mm -hmm. at the office I work at, they played Jack FM, you know, here in LA and they, it's pretty much only eighties music, which I fucking can't stand. And then like (laughs) mediocre to bad nineties music, but, and they, so they they do play a lot of sublime and uh, they did play this song today.
0: So. I remember Jack FM playing whatever the
1: fuck we want, yeah, and
0: then proceeding to play Spin Doctors every yeah. hour on the hour. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> or it's so annoying because then they'll start to play like, because you know, like you know, radio stations have bumper music, well, where, where they play like five seconds of it and then they'll drop yeah. into another song. Dude, Jack FM always plays as bumper music the opening guitar riff to Paranoid from Black Sabbath, and I'm like, oh fuck yeah, we're getting some Sabbath, and then it'll go into <laughs> Spin Doctors. Or are you, you know, listening or so much radio for, because that because the my boss she plays the radio all day, just to because the office is so quiet so it's either awkward silence all day, or there's filler music, and Dude, just bringing us
0: uh, the speakers they they, they, they full just give me the fucking auxiliary cord I'll, I'll
1: well I, I I listen to podcasts all day or I listen to music on my earbuds all day. Um, but or or another bumper is Pantera's Walk, and I'm like, oh fuck yeah, we're gonna get heavy, and then it'll drop into the, to fucking Blue Monday or something. <laughs> like, oh. You yeah, hate Blue Monday. I do love Blue Monday. I mean, the orgy version is better, right, Skip? Oh god. But um, Skip was so fucking mad. <laughs> he was
0: so mad. That's, that's that's for sure one of the top three like most mad moments of Skip in in our <laughs> podcast.
1: It's true though. He'll learn someday. Anyway. Back to doing time. What what else do you have on this one? Uh where does are sit banger wise for you. This is my eleven B. <laughs> You're an idiot.
0: You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this is your one B? That's that's silly boy talk. Come on, that's silly boy talk. It's it's funny that you hate that you hate caress me down so much, but doing time is not that much better as far as, as like putting better. out a cheesy pop song. Like it's, but it's pretty good, much that it's a
1: good it's a better groove. It's a much better groove a little bit more dub based than caress me down it's catchier it's not as cheesy it's just an all-around better song just it's a good song i love this song that sample is just it's fucking awesome man it's just i love it i love this song to death i i don't know i don't know how else to put it lyrically though me me and (laughs) louis um (laughs) i love singing it too Right? Uh, you, know every, you know every fucking I know every word every this entire word, yeah. album. Bradley's on the microphone with Ross M.G. All people in the dance will agree that we're well qualified we'll to, represent to represent the LBC, LBC, LBC. Me. Me.
0: Me and the we. We don't, we don't run am. to the party and dance to the rhythm. It
1: is hard. He sings it all weird. And then the the chorus here, the, the take a trip. What does it say? Oh. I take always thought you said take, take a, a trip, from me, but he says tip, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, 0 oh two lyrically though, I don't know. I feel like I was a little disappointed by his lyrics on this record, on this entire record.
0: What did you expect? I don't uh, like all know. The, all these guys sing know. about is either fucking getting stoned, partying, getting drunk, addiction. That's really it, actually. I don't know. I don't know
1: what I was expecting, really. But I mean, this is to me. This is could either be about He's talking about, you know, being trapped in a relationship with a girl or being trapped in his own drug addiction. Could be either it can go either way. You can interpret it either way. But yeah. I don't know. Otherwise, this is uh my number one banger, the best song on the record. Second best sublime song, only after Cisco Kid. Dude, you like <laughs> Damn. Love Cisco Kid. That is you their just, best song.
0: You just like try and find the most obscure Sublime songs that and is, pretend to like them.
1: No, no. Cisco Dude, Kid is, is for not, sure
0: ab, ab, obscure okay. Sublime song.
1: Maybe that one is a little bit, but that's also like that song's yeah. not even
0: the. That, that's not even a top Dude, five on Robin
1: Hood. That could be like, I guess I. It's not ahead. even a song. Cisco Kid absolutely is a song. No, no I no think it's Cisco not. Kid. Cisco Kid is probably their their heaviest song they've ever done. That's 100%, Cisco Kid. 100% incorrect Dude listen to how Just the way that song Trudges along And how fucking loud Those drum beats are Everything about that song Is so fucking heavy It's not the heavy Bradley No it's heavy dude It's That's fucking heavy That's not heavy, heavy. Just because it's not, there's no big loud guitars. Get the fuck out of here. That song well, is hold on heavy there, dude. Well.
0: Don't don't talk to me about like wanting big loud guitars in a song there, dude. Okay, <laughs> you just got you just got chastised for that same exact thing. <laughs> no, Cisco Kid isn't heavy because it sounds like a bunch of guys who don't know how to rap trying to rap.
1: Oh, uh, dude, it's and that's chaos, why it's dude. so
0: slow is because they can't do it faster. it's not even that chaotic. It, it's dude, just It's, one, no, it's it, chaotic. It's just yeah. that whole like Cisco Kid, Serial, Interpolation.
1: Yeah. And it's fucking chaos That's
0: not even Dude that's not even
1: It's not the most chaotic thing But it is fucking I just That song's not even like Oh dude I love Cisco Kid I love Cisco Kid is No Oh dude you're so Not even Oh my god Get out of here Anyway Anyway Doing Time My 1B It's also your 1B as well Um Actually, no. What, what is what is your your one, yeah? Let's one get B? let's What's get to
0: let's let's get into actual good Sublime songs. <laughs> so here. stupid, You're so My my dumb. my one B is C. This is my this is my favorite C, okay. Sublime song. Yeah, this C. is I love this song.
1: That is my uh, my seven B. That's, that's that is stupid.
0: Um, a lot Why? of people say a lot of people say this song clearly borrows the melody from Lori Myers by No effects from Punkin Drublic. Yeah, uh, listen, to that song like three times.
1: No it fucking doesn't. Not but at all. Su- this song came out no before Punk and Drublic, right? Punk and yeah, was, was ninety-seven, right? No, was it? What was it? Ninety? F- no. That That was like Punk and uh, Ninety-four? Really?
0: Yeah, that was ninety-four. I just googled it.
1: Oh, I hey, know. Google. When did Punk and Drublik come out? Yeah. So,
0: like, I, I, like I saw a lot of forums saying, "Oh, yeah, this song takes from Lori Myers." But the, the way the people were saying it was, I think somebody posted at one time. And then everyone else just saw that and then copy and paste that same thing because I don't hear it at all. Any form of this song. I don't and There's also, the
1: song so I can't say one word other. Yeah.
0: There's also a part too like the solo With a lot of people say that this the solo was stolen from another like uh, uh, kind of like forgotten about surf rock band. But the solo is just fucking based on scales. Okay? So piss yeah. off. You can't you're not ripping off scales fucker. So whatever. But again <laughs> Dude, genre jumping seamlessly, right? The transition into the punk and ska parts are so fucking sudden that they shouldn't work for any band that's not experienced enough with either of the two genres. But because Sublime knows both of those genres, I specifically Bradley because when they first started, I mean, really, when they first started, Bud hated fucking reggae. Eric yeah. didn't really want to play it, but Bud fucking hated it. Did not want to play it. Said, no, this is stupid. I only want to play punk. I only want to play thrash. And Brad's like, no, dude, check it out. Then they kind of like worked in the groove and found it. And then, I mean, dude, th- th- all three of them in the pocket, unmatched. Unmatched. And it's, it's weird they, because, you know, Bud and, Eric,
1: Bud and Eric come from the punk metal thing, but yet their groove is incredible. Like, it, it's just, especially Bud, he's not... A punk drummer I mean he can be when he needs to be but that's not where he shines he shines in his grooves which punk is not known for so it's just it's wild how they adapted everything so well and that, I agree with you I, on seeing all three genres Brad. that comes yeah, from Brad true. Brad
0: showed them like hey dude even though you don't like reggae there are parts of reggae that you can like because there's a lot of grooving to it like reggae kind of repeats itself over and over and over song-wise, album-wise, genre-wise. Let's find the groove, let's work with it, and let's add a little bit of punk to it. But C doesn't do that. C just kind of like goes from one to the other. And then towards the end, it blends the both. Blends the both? Blends both of them into one to where it's just like this like fucking weird hodgepodge of reggae punk thing. Mm-hmm. But goddamn, I think he does it so well because Brad's vocals can carry the song. Brad's vocals right. can carry any song on its own if he wants them to.
1: I mean, he really the genre hopping in this song is pretty incredible. I, I will agree with you on that. On a dime, and it's not just musically, like you said too. It is it's his vocals too, because he he drops into the, the the hardcore punk, like or like Descendants kind of shit in the beginning during the choruses, into the ska or into the reggae, and then just seamlessly into the ska the ska part drops right back into the hardcore punk, and then this end of the second verse. Dude, he starts to do this like scream, this kind of strain. This, oh my God. the strain thing. Dude, he sounds just like Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Muir. What from Suicidal? Singer from Suicidal. Except, Mike Muir? except melodic. Oh yeah, melodic and better. But yeah. but it's in that it has that same kind of like that same that institutionalized. You know how yeah. how Mike strains his voice when when that song starts to pick up. I feel like that is um, this song is almost like a throwback to institutionalized. That was and like The
0: whole like If you live and you want to Give it get old Like that part
1: yeah. Yeah. And then it gets built and just man, That build Yeah Yeah and I just don't even know I don't even know what he says I just like to Dude this song
0: is thing. just as thrashy As like a lot of fucking What like suicidal based their entire career on
1: Yeah oh for sure Sometimes crime sure. is
0: just as thrashy As even the thrashies Of, of suicidal
1: I would agree. I would agree with you. And then the solo, man. I love the solo. The guitar tone, that fucking guitar tone is is perfection right there. But as simple as the solo is, it reminds me. It also reminds me so much of something you would hear off of uh, Americana from The Offspring, like one of the the lead the solos or guitar leads on Americana. That's what this sounds like. Tone, almost down to the tone. That's what it sounds like.
0: So I will say, like overall. My favorite part of like like this album is Brad's tone. Oh, I it's love, incredible. dude. I like the Mesa Boogie. This is when he f- like finally embraced it because he was using a different like Vox amp for forty ounces, and then he kind of like went in between during Robin the Hood. But this is full on Triple Wreck Mesa Boogie here, and he only uses a Boss distortion. He uses a delay pedal, a Wah pedal that he rarely uses. Like, except for just, like, putting it down for the low end. And then he uses this whirlwind effect. And all of these things are coming together on this one because that high part, right, you can hear that high part that is so, like, crisp, so nice. But then he gets yeah. to that kind of, like, lower end, that do 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 It's a little bit muffled. So I think he's had that wah pedal down. So it's not like, wow. It's kind of like in yeah. the bottom part of the wah. So I think he's had the wah pedal down. And I don't know, man. I think this this solo, like, perfectly captures... All of his tones, super well. I don't know. I dude, I, I and love, just, love
1: it. I love the transition out of the solo too. That just <laughs> the
0: In the, the tremolo bar. The oh whir- my God, whir- it's whir- so whir- good. Yeah, he's dude. He's a fucking rock star. He really is a rock he star. Was. Yeah, he was fucking great. he's got that incredible. you're right. That fucking out that that transition into the next part because he uses that that that, that when he bar. He goes yeah. wah, 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 and then goes into the Billy Mac in 1983
1: yep it's it's a it's a perfect transition and dude, it can o- just, i mean it just God, i don't man. know it's this great. guy's got some soul
0: to him he has got some fucking soul to him when he's wailing that that give again a whole part those parts yeah. man dude, he's just <laughs> and just he is screaming it, those things when he
1: wails that and then it instantly changes pace and turns into the ska thing Oh my and god! It's the, but it's
0: not—it's not, it's not it's goofy like punk. mustard plug like third wave ska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not quite like even like goofy because no doubt compared to this is kind of goofy like third oh, wave sure. ska. This is—it's—it's it's more like punk, like like Operation Ivy kind of like punk ska. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's respectable punk ska. Well, I think it's you know also I mean?
1: because on this record they didn't use a lot of the horns. They didn't really use a horn section. Like, fucking forty ounces oh. had a had a lot more horn then Robin the hood and this one did. And I feel like the, that's what sets them apart when it comes to third wave ska is that they didn't, they didn't rely. And I don't want to say rely, but they didn't use a lot of the horn, a lot of the horn section.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. Is
1: fucking, I mean, I like the horn section. Don't get me wrong, but they don't need it. Time in place, time in place, <laughs> time in place. And the band is, is good enough. The songs are good enough t- to where you don't need that, that extra kick in the song. That's really what I the w- horn section is. It's just to have that extra kick. They don't need it. I noticed too this week that uh a hot take for for Sublime
0: fans and, and I know friend of the pot David may have an opinion on this one, but it's probably MG forty ounces too. Slash slash Marshall Goodman is a better drummer than Bud guy. He is. He's a better drummer. You think so? Absolutely. Bud Bud follows Eric in a way that is like uh like elementary. He never leads him. He always follows. And you can hear shit from like 40 ounces of freedom and you're like wow man like that's a good that's a good drum part that eric picked up on that eric follows and even in date rape like there's a lot of cool drum parts in there that is very unbud like and that he, bud didn't play fucking drums on that song but i only played drums on like the first on the, like three songs from 40 ounces of freedom
1: yeah yeah
0: that dude marshall is a better drummer than bud was and but bud was all fucked up on heroin at the time so they he had to go to rehab and they had to get somebody else in <laughs> But I do think I think I think Ross M.G. is a better drummer than than Bud.
1: That is but, uh that is a that is a statement. I mean I wouldn't necessarily disagree. I'd really have to dive back into forty ounces. Honestly, I, I I don't go into forty I don't go back to forty ounces too often. I do like the record a lot and I do have it on vinyl. But damn, when I want to listen to Sublime, I just go to Robin the Hood or or the self title or the live record.
0: Oof. Well now that I we mean, have the five dollars at the door live record, I mean that's that's like the it's easiest so way to to
1: get yeah. everything right. Yeah, it's so goddamn. I listened to that this week too. Ah, oh, fantastic! Man, it's so good. Uh, it, it's an incredible live record. But anyway, anyway, moving All on right. from seed. Let's uh, what's your, let's. What's what? your two B? What's my two B? What do you want to do? Garden Grove. It's my two B. T- <laughs>
0: what? That's do you not funny. like this song? <laughs> I fucking love Garden Grove. It's hard. It's hard because as I was doing, because I'm. You know, cause you're, when you're so familiar with an album, it's easy yeah. to say, okay, when I start this record, Garden Grove is my 1B. Okay, now I go to what I got, what I got's my 2B, then Wrong Way. Okay, Wrong Way's now my 2B, and now what I got's my 3B. That's how I do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm so familiar with these songs, I can say, but is this song better than this song and this song? It was really hard to, because Garden Grove is my 5B. Good, good, good. Garden Grove, the double G. Garden Grove is my 5B. It was hard, it was hard to say that songs were better than it because it's so fucking good.
1: Yeah, I it's know.
0: so it's it, it's like a better version of Waiting for My Ruka. Like that's what opens up Forty oh, it's ounces It's way to freedom. better than
1: it. it's way better than Waiting for My Ruka. Hold
0: on there, dude. It's it not is. way Come better. On. It's just better. It's
1: not way better God. than, it, dude. It's just better. People's just love better. for that record for Forty ounces of freedom. It's good, but dude, it's just. <laughs>
0: I think you're missing. I think you're missing the point of the of the forty I'm ounces not, of freedom, I'm there, guy. It. I think I'm you are.
1: Guy. I'm not, guy. Anyway, we're not okay. talking about waiting for room. So, Garden Grove. Garden
0: what Grove. what I love about this song, mm-hmm. they've already they've already done. It's, it should be no surprise to anybody, but it always is a fucking surprise to everybody when people are like, "Oh, they stole this song!" and they motherfucker. This has like that that sample from from the Ohio Players Club, that funky worm mm-hmm. song, that G funk siren that has been yeah. sampled by by pretty much everybody in the gangster rap rap realm. And we even did it, we've talked about the same fucking sample when we did De La Soul for the song Me, Myself, and I. They sampled yeah. the same exact song. And everybody, like Snoop Dogg did it. Every fucking, everybody did it. And so like Sublime is never, they've never hid like their influences. And Garden Grove is just like the perfect, the perfect way to open this record saying like, yeah, you know, we're from Long Beach, but Garden Grove's kind of right there. And it's a cool name for, for a city, to be honest. And it's old enough to be kind of like, you know, it's not like Yorba Belinda or, or, or I think Placentia is pretty old or Brea, yeah. but like Garden Grove is an older Orange County city. It is so sure. it's, a, it's a cute way to kind of like integrate themselves into Orange County and really like Long Beach is pretty damn similar to Orange County in a lot of ways. But I like, I like, I don't know, I, I like the whole aesthetic of this song. The song is crisp. It, it just sounds like a party. The song's a party song.
1: It does, and I mean, you know, these guys came to Orange County all the time—not only to surf, but to fucking party, dude. Partying in Orange County in the '90s—I mean, uh, we're not old enough to experience like the backyard parties in the '80s and '90s, but I mean, we got the residuals of that, like the warehouse party, like the warehouse parties in the early 2000s that I would go to with my cousin, dude. That shit was fucking wild, man. That shit was fun. That it was—it's something I don't think bands or people do nowadays like just the the orange county scene is just so i think it's just so unique i mean i i can't i mean i you and i have been to la and hollywood fucking hundreds of times to go see bands or whatever we're doing in la or hollywood you know and i feel like that it's it's fun but it the the partying and and everything here in orange county is definitely it's just a different feel it's a it's a totally different feel like it's just it doesn't seem as pretentious here in Orange County as it does in, in, in L.A. or Hollywood.
0: I think the way I describe like like when people come into the record store and they ask me like where I come from and, and what I like, I like I'm from Orange County and games yeah, we we're, were spoiled with music and you and I like took advantage of the music scene more than most people probably did. But th- like the way I equate it to is like yeah, even though the Angels, the am yeah, Angels, 2002 World Champion, even though if they were winning a game, I'm gonna leave in the seventh inning. I just whatever I want to go home and like hang out or I want to go to somebody's house and hang out like we just don't care and it's not that we don't care because we're just aloof and we don't care about anything it's just because like there's so much other cool shit I want to get done in one fucking yeah. day that staying till the ninth inning of a baseball game is so low on my totem pole even like though they're winning against a team that I want to see them beat I'm still gonna leave in the seventh inning because I don't care that much
1: <laughs> yeah Especially when you, like, can go to, you can go see them like every day for like 10 bucks.
0: I'm like yeah. like, like, Boston, right? Like, like people in Boston, like going to Red Skate or Fenway or Yankee Stadium. Like they're staying till the fucking last pitch until like the, the ushers throw them out. I said, why, dude? Like I could have spent the, next, the last you know, hour and a half of my life doing something fun with a bunch of cool dudes at a bar, hanging out, talking about things that I want to talk about rather than sit here
1: at an angel game. Or go to the beach or, or or something, you know? Because everything's so I, I d- close. Yeah. Or go to Disneyland. Fuck, man. How much time we spent at Disneyland just running around for four or five hours and not causing trouble, but just, you know, being our dumb selves. Like, so I think That like, was... That was <laughs> it sounds so like, privileged, uh, but it's just like... But damn, it's not dude.
0: because it wasn't... Ex- it, first of all, we were, we were born into the situation. It's not something we chose... And, and, and second of all, like we all worked, like all of us yeah, worked. Yeah. Even like th- through college, we worked. We all worked. We all paid our own. So all this money that we spent on these cheap fucking Disneyland passes, like we paid for it ourselves. Well,
1: it's true. Or even like because I I had like when it comes to Disneyland, I had an annual pass since I was like seven or eight years old. My grandma would buy all of her grandchildren an annual pass because at the time it was like ninety dollars. Yeah, yeah, I was going like, to say we're, like, ninety dollars for an pass and 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 our par- all of our parents, my friends' parents, would take advantage of it, and they're like, "Okay, we'll buy our kids or grandkids this, and then they can go play for six hours, and we don't have to do we don't have to watch our kids. they can just Fuck go yes. to Disneyland, and that's what we would literally do we would we would get dropped off at Disneyland, spend all day at Disneyland, like during the summer and shit, or like you know when we had Christmas vacation or whatever we would get- dr- literally dropped off at Disneyland all day, and just we were eleven, ten, eleven, twelve years old, roaming around Disneyland by ourselves That's <laughs> called free fucking...
0: babysitting, dude. You
1: pack a sack, exactly. lunch, man fuck or yeah or cheap babysitting. I should you should say. You're right, cheap and babysitting. It's, it's cheaper than like you know, sending your sending your kids to the YMCA or some shit. Hell yeah, YMCA is fucking and, and, expensive. And, and, but like, I went, I and yeah, you're right.
0: Like, I went, like my my most of my musical beginnings stem from the YMCA, but that was that was camp that we couldn't really afford at the time because camp was kind of expensive. Send your yeah. kid for a week. It's like $400. And so the YMCA would hold like fundraisers, like car washes and, and estate sales and shit like that. And I, my mom was like, if you want to go to camp, you always get to participate in these. And so I was fucking there washing cars <laughs> three, four Saturdays a year trying to raise money to the fact that I could go to camp for free. So I, I wouldn't say it's like a privilege thing. It's It's more of a... A situational
1: thing that we took advantage completely with. Yeah, because I mean, I, both of my parents worked growing up. They both worked full time jobs. So, like during the summer and shit, it was either we stay at my aunt's house or we get we go to Disneyland. You know, she's like, which one would you rather do? Fuck. Go yeah. to a family's house and do nothing or fucking hang out at Disneyland all day? Come on, easy choice. Easy choice. But,
0: God damn, dude, like, fucking man. Sublime is just a party band through and through fun fun stuffs this song is just a perfect opener just i think like I, I i do think that that waiting for my ruka is a perfect opener for that album it's introducing a a, a band to a s to a, a a scene that they don't really know what to expect a scene that doesn't mm-hmm. really exist that they're kind of like carving their way into that they're kind of help starting but garden grove is is really solidifying who sublime is what the scene is about and what's what, I, what, I like,
1: what I like about, you know, the fact that they chose of all cities in Orange County, they chose Garden Grove. Garden Grove isn't like, for people who aren't from Orange County, Garden Grove isn't a city where it's, it's, it's largely suburbs. That's pretty much all it is. There's some industrial areas, but it's primarily all suburbs. There's li- almost literally nothing to do in Garden Grove. And it's funny that they chose that city and not like, you know, Huntington Beach which a lot of people like in this genre would have talked about Huntington Beach. Or Newport, Anaheim the first or Anaheim. city in Orange yes, County. Exactly. Right? Some shit like that. But they fucking chose Garden Grove. They chose they chose kind of like a dangerous, kind of grungier city within Orange County, because it really is. That's what Garden Grove is. Well, I don't it's, mind it's, Garden Grove, but it's kind of a grungier city. It's it's not I don't wanna say it's it's it, way it's, more middle class. Than, it's not lower the closest
0: to Long Beach, but it is closer. Two Long beach and then it's a right lot of the Orange County. It's right off but the four But like, but you still have like like Cypress is bordering Long Beach, right? Los yeah. Al's bordering Long Beach, Seal Beach is bordering Long Beach. I don't know if it's La Palma Orange County or is that L.A. County? La Palma Orange point County. of Park, yeah. point of Park borders Long or yeah, kind of Long Beach County area. But Garden gorge is close enough to like where it borders Long Beach, and yeah, you're right. It's just one fucking freeway. It's done. <laughs> I know. Just go down 405
1: south. You're good, and you're there. The shittiest fucking freeway in the The what?
0: The shittiest freeway. I think like the four hundred five is consistently ranked as like one of the shittiest freeways in America.
1: I would, I would, I would agree with you on that. The four oh four or the ninety one, man. I'm gonna have to throw it out to the ninety one freeway. That's a pretty shit freeway too. Both ways, going either direction, it's pretty bad. Garbage, Garbage Grove, and anyway, Garbage freeways. Dude, this is this is so. This is. I was actually born in Garden Grove too, by the way. Garden Real? Grove Regional. Oh, yeah. Garden Grove Regional. That's where I was born I was born there I was, I was the only white baby in the hospital Or the only white baby that was like You know in the viewing area Literally the only white baby there Or at least you couldn't get stolen That's what my dad always said He said <laughs> you're the only white baby So you, we know who you were the whole time
0: Didn't he keep yeah. tabs?
1: Yeah but uh, I, was
0: bo- I was born in Cota de Caza In oh, Kobe's house
1: <laughs> Before it even Fats. existed Before that city even Fats. existed <laughs> um anyway anyway this is so so regional but that's fine uh garden grove you know i i love the the just kind of slow groove to this much like you said waiting waiting for ruka it does have that slower groove um the 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 kind of high-pitched synth sound that that kind of plays through it too it's just i love the way he he delivers the the vocals as well it's kind of like this hip-hop thing he's doing but it's uh i don't know I just, it's, it's a direct this mix of hip
0: hop and dub This is like yeah, what this is. song yeah. is This is a, 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 a product of like A mommy hip hop and a daddy dub Had a baby and then out spat garden growth And then it kind Musical. of throws
1: it It kind of throws it back to a little bit To the chaos of Robin Hood Where the second verse starts where he goes You're a fool Don't fuck around with my dog And then it plays like the really loud The dog rah, fighting rah. Louis <laughs> dog barking <laughs> and, But that's like that's Dude, just that 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 really loud kind of chaotic noise is shit they were doing all over Robin the Hood but they only do it yeah. once on this record and that's the only part that they they show that kind of like oh my god like what the fuck is that sound again i think i think Robin the Hood
0: was just the production they wanted just not quite the music and this is like both music and production but I there's, there's a lot of parts of this where you clearly could te- you you clearly could tell that they just chose the best take because everyone's just fucking. Even though like Brad's like quote unquote sober, they're still partying. They're still drunk all the fucking time, and so the best take they took is because they just didn't have, didn't have enough time and money to put him in the studio.
1: Yeah, you're right. You can hear it on right. pawn
0: shop. You can hear it on pawn shop, and there's a couple other ones you can hear it on too, where he fucks with the lyrics. But like, yeah, that was a good take. We're just gonna keep it. Oh, April April twenty sixth april twenty ninth 1992. he says april twenty sixth and that was there's, one where he, like clearly like he said april twenty sixth and fucked up, but that was such a good take they're not gonna
1: like eh, fuck it put it I in, know. put it in there who cares so i so wrapping up garden grove, so there's no real chorus this is just kind of just kind of like a him just like a like a stream of stream of consciousness he's just kind of talking and then you get to the bridge and it becomes this kind of like monotonous thing that he's saying just the way he's singing it's like it's that shit stuck under my shoe it's that smell inside the van it's just like it's just, it's he's, just already that, he's already fucked up he's a drunk repetition or at thing at that point i, I just I, but i love it though i love the way that song kind of rounds so rounds, lazy. Rounds out, you know getting hassled by the man waking up it's just the that kind of, it's almost like the sing songy thing too. I, I just I love it. Well, there is lo- certain
0: points I, too where, like the next the next line of whatever he's singing, will kind of he just interrupt his previous line, but it starts like yeah. right after he's done singing.
1: Yeah, there is no there is no break. There is no pause. <laughs> that's what I am saying. It's like that stream of consciousness. Yeah, it's good. It's great. So that that's my that's my two B. So what is your two B? Two fine. That's we're not even very deep, and we're. We're like an hour and a half in Almost God there's so many good fucking songs My 2B's Jailhouse Jailhouse gets empty Go
0: <laughs> ding, ding. Yeah, So
1: that's my EP That's
0: my, that's my EP. I Dude I love this
1: song so much I, I Every time I listen to the song It's like the first time I ever fucking heard it with that, with that, that percussive instrument. What's that called? The where you slide the stick on the on yeah, the yeah on the the ridges, the ridges. <laughs> what is that thing we talk, called? Did
0: we talk about this like all the fucking time too? huh?
1: It's not a maraca. It's what the fuck is? That? I don't remember. Scratcher? Who knows? Scratcher's good. Scratcher, yeah. But yeah, people know what we're talking about. We don't have to say it's like the this, th- yeah. I don't know. But this is a cover, Bob Marley and the Whalers cover um, from 1965, and this version's better than. The Bob Marley version, for sure. The
0: the, so I think it's. This is like a wh- So so Bob Marley and the Whalers is kind of like one thing. The Whalers were were a strictly ska band. There were a lot of harms and ska is a lot different than reggae, and so this is a Whalers song originally. Because if you mm-hmm. listen to their version of it, it is very ska sounding. It is very it is kind of like Beach Boys esque of the reggae realm. And, uh, man, that version is fucking rad too, though. I really, really like that. It's one. great. I like this song though. I like their cover obviously better, but I, I like this one cause it's simple. It's driven by Brad's vocals and just that bass line. The guitar takes like a backseat. Most of the time, some of the lyrics here seem like they could be only use the, like, the best take because he talks about like, he didn't talk about, it. he says a line and then he'll repeat that last part of the line again in the next line and then keep going. So I think that's like a best take type of thing. What really gets me is a solo. I mean the solo is so good. It is good. It's Brad and Eric, they're note matching. Halfway through Brad hits that that verb, which he never used a verb thing. He only used like a delay. So whatever thing he's doing on the delay, he's hitting that and it starts like wailing away vocally and it just everything matches perfectly.
1: It does. The only the only I don't want to say it's a weak point, but the only point that doesn't make much sense is when when he starts to rap a little bit, he says, "You know, now when I was I I don't even know how he says it, but you know, now when, when I, was I was a, youth, a young, In nineteen eighty three was the was best day of my, of my life. life. Eighty nine, 89, we didn't fuss or no fight. I just that kind of rap thing. It just it kind of ruined the, I don't want to say ruin, but it diminished the. I don't know the reggae ness of the song. I don't know how to what I'm trying to say. Again, here, these, guys, these guys a little bit weak though." They're they're hip hoppers, they're
0: they're punkers, they're everything, and they that's all they do, that's all they know how to do, that's all they want
1: to do, that's all they need to do, that's all they need right. to do. All Dude, he just
0: like he loves making noise here too. A lot of noodling, a lot of him, him just like rubbing the strings up and down, right? That woo woo mm. woo, woo woo woo, and there's a <laughs> lot of like wailing vocals. Yeah, like yeah, rah, 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 rah. like he's Chewbacca out here or something. But
1: man, man, he's got some power behind his
0: vocals. I love this kid.
1: He really does. Um, um, yeah. And then you, just the the way the song, the way the song ends, I really like it. Where he just yells, "Can't fight against the youth." Just the way <laughs> the way Dude, he like transition. Whoa. The way he cuts off youth, like he doesn't he doesn't let the end of that ring out. He just he cuts it off pretty abruptly when he says youth at the very end. Ah, it's perfect. I love. Do you? It.
0: I guess we're moving on to Pawn Shop because we have to. But like, do you love that transition into Pawn Shop?
1: Oh, dude, it's incredible. <laughs> it's, it's so incredible. good.
0: Pawn Shop. Pawn Shop by 9B, but that Brand transition medium. between Jailhouse into oh, between man. Pawn Shop is just. And then you get Eric the do 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 do.
1: Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh man. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so do we have anything else on on Jailhouse? No, I love Jailhouse so goddamn much I do but too. Yes. It's, it's a killer fucking song Alright, so Jailhouse Do you just want to jump into Pawn Shop? Or J- jump into where, Pawn Shop So what does that sit um, Dude, if, you, you?
0: if you let me, I'll, I will talk about Every single one of these fucking songs <laughs> 45 minutes each I, I'll, I'll go
1: all day I mean, oh, I don't want to do that But Pawn Shop is actually my, my 3B So it kind of works Ooh, out perfectly Pawn Shop is my 9B Okay, you just praised it, and then you put it out your, as your nine B. Don't Fuck forget, like anything
0: after, I would say anything after my fourteen B, is stuff that I don't really care that much about. So up until fourteen B, I think are perfect songs through and through. <laughs> I have a lot of notes about them. So
1: okay, so let's get into that. What, what do you What do you got? Uh,
0: so this is this is a, another cover. This is mm-hmm. a Wailing Souls cover, and I wrote it down because I think the the title is is. I don't know what, what the hell it even means, but it's called War, W A R, War, D E H, D, Round, a John shop. So, like, <laughs> now after I read that, every time this is down here at the pond, I would say War, dear Round, out John shop. I would sing it like you're supposed <laughs> to sing it. It's so stupid. I love it. But yeah, this, <laughs> dude, this riff hits hard. The bass compliments the riff, and then uh, we get that, like, crisp organ thing going on, which I think yeah. is Brad, because. In the in the liner notes, you can see Brad is doing the organ, but everyone else is playing organs on specific songs. So I think Brad's hitting those organs here on this one. But this is a jam song. It's oh, for it's sure. very it's very psychedelic sounding, but it, it keeps it keeps the reggae vibe. Everything is is man, everything's so crisp, dude. And Brad's like solo noodling, dude. He's like his solo noodling here just kind of seems to be like an improv jam. Like he knows the shapes he's wanting to stay in and then just experiments with those shapes up and down the fretboard, but then experiments more with like tone and execution. But this is a fucking jam
1: song. For sure, for sure a jam song. Um, I mean, it's just, this whole song, he's he's just soloing in a way. It's just, I, I, I do like too that, I, you mentioned the organ, and the organ is essentially just playing, playing what the rhythm guitar would be playing with the upstrokes. It's just yeah. hitting the, those upstrokes, and I fucking love it. I'm a sucker for the organ. I'm a sucker for the for the vibraphone, the the marimba, dude. You throw those in a song, I'm gonna instantly like it. Look at "Windy Clear" from Blink, throwing Ugh. that organ in there. Ugh, forget about it. But uh, and, and but yeah, no, it's just it, it's a perfect placement. I just love it on the that organ on the upstroke. Um, but really, the song it just it trudges along. The dun 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 dun. dun, dun. It just it kind of has this Stop. like it almost has this like stoner rock feel to it. Like in its, in its pacing has that stoner rock pacing to it, but it's not obviously not stoner rock whatsoever, but I guess the it's, psychedelic, it makes sense. Yeah. The psych, it's pretty much, the psychedelic. it's pretty
0: much there for sure. Man, dude, I think, I think good. so. Like he, Bradley Noel has said like uh, besides Hendrix, but like he's Carlos Santana is also one of his, his inspirations for playing the guitar. And there's a, several songs on here, including this one that I hear Santana. Like I hear Santana playing this
1: song. Yeah, I see. Yeah, Those definitely. highs. This is fucking Santana. Maybe, eh? maybe a different kind of tone because the tone on Pawn Shop is very crunchy sounding, which Santana had a much brighter, brighter tone. But Bradley just, just it just it crunches on this song. But I love Bradley's it.
0: dirt, dude. Like Long Beach is dirt. Bradley's dirt. Thrash is dirt. This 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 scene was dirt, and that's why like, I think. God, man, that Mesa Boogie amp is just like that's my. That's my I dream mean, that, amp. That, at that's this also point. why you
1: kind of get that tone too. Like Mesa Boogies have that; they can drop into that crunch, that that low end, real nice, really, really and nice.
0: They're, and they're 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 cleans. Their cleans are so crisp. They're so nice, but there's a little bit of dirt to them.
1: Yeah. yeah so do you? I mean, do you ever do that thing where where? Like you listen to a song and you're like, okay, it reminds me of this color. There's, I think it's like synthasia or something like that. Yeah, people claim
0: that they can hear colors.
1: Well, just like, I don't claim to do that. But I like when I hear a song, I think, oh, this reminds me of the color green. I don't hear, because you can't hear a color. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, people think they can. Well, they're wrong because that doesn't make any sense. The green is a visual thing. It's not an auditory thing. So that's just silly boy talk. But it makes me it makes me think of a color, and when I when I hear Pawn Shop, I think of I think of like a dark green, like a forest green. Whenever he's playing this kind of song, I, I whenever I hear this song, like every song on this record has a different. I associate a different color too. I I I don't hear that color because that's that's silly. I but it only think
0: me of of, of Squid Music. That's all. I, that's all I think of when I think of Pawn Shop. I think of Squid Music. <laughs> It was buying a music that, but it was like a it was a cool one though, right? You're not getting ripped off. Like that's where I bought the fifty one fifty head cabinet, mm-hmm. and it was just too much for me. But like I realized what I really wanted is this Mesa Boogie because the Mesa Boogie just has has the enough has enough crunch to it that I could compete with the fifty one fifty, but the clean on the Mesa Boogie is what I really wanted, and that's getting into like the reggae realm, which I never really played. We never wrote any music really that was reggae, but I like yeah. I like Brad's clean tone. He does have a
1: great clean tone, and he had a, mean, lot of, of, a lot every of every tone. Every tone of his is good.
0: He he didn't even use that many pedals. He only used like three, which I, mean, I guess you can tell too.
1: Yeah, it's not fucking Corn or fucking Incubus or some shit with or Omar with Omar had like two fucking levels of pedal board. That's how many fucking pedals he had on stage. Silly,
0: yeah. yeah. Brad kept it kept it simple. And one of them was just a, a distortion boost. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I really... Maybe one day I'll just have a Mesa Boogie full thing and triple rectifier in my... I actually read up about what rectifier even means because I, I had no idea. Because mm. in one of the songs, I'm a triple rectified son of a bitch. I was like, what does that even fucking mean? <laughs> I think it just has something to do with the the... the The output that rectifiers do, like it takes in power from the wall and it's AC voltage and puts it out DC voltage. Fucking, I don't know, dude. But the triple rectifier was like a gimmick. And I think it only has to do with when people are playing their amps really, really loud. Mm -hmm. Then you can notice a difference in the sound quality sagging or dipping. But most people don't play it like max volume. But that's why Brad liked it because he played it constantly at max volume. (laughs)
1: I mean, his I, I band think
0: played fucking loud. I
1: was gonna say you'd have to when you have Eric Wilson up there with his fucking huge ass rig. Just, dude, his dude, he was so fucking loud. But you have to be when you're when you're playing this kind of like dub music. You got to be loud. Fuck man, this band's good. This band's good. But they're Pawn so shop, man. good.
0: And watching Pawn them shop live is something, man. Dude, watching them like like the, the the whole weenie roast thing that they they were invited to once and never again. Right? They're invited to weenie roast. It was mm-hmm. it was ninety five or ninety four and in K Rock's Winnie Roast and that's just, you know K Rock's K Rock. Yeah. But like K Rock's arguably if not the most popular, but one of the most popular radio stations probably on Earth.
1: Right? Yeah, I mean I mean back then for sure. The eighties, nineties and two thousands, yeah, for or, sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So like Sublime was invited and, and every every band gets like ten backstage passes to pass out to the loved ones and friends. Um, Sublime photocopied theirs and gave it out to like mm-hmm. 300 of their friends. Dude, that's,
1: some, dude, that's like when we go to an amateur.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you see them, and you can just fucking Google like Sublime Winnie Roast. And there's like the security is literally going on stage and like spearing people with arms wide open, with homes wide open, <laughs> like grabbing fans from the stage and putting them off stage because there's way too many people on stage. <laughs> And I the sponsor didn't give chaos. a fuck. Brad didn't give a shit.
1: He did keep playing. Oh, that's so yeah, okay. good. And or that even was the like, last
0: time they were they're were invited
1: there. Even talking about Warped Tour, they got kicked off of Warped Tour, one of the few bands to get, get kicked off for being unruly because they were making fun of other bands, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, you know, Lou Dog bit a few people, which, you know, that's not good, but...
0: Lou Dog <laughs> bit Gwen Stefani wearing the iconic Tragic Kingdom dress. <laughs> Dude, even like Gwen like laughed about it. She's like, Yeah, that fucking dog bit me. And that <laughs> dog okay, so like I found okay, this is this is another weird thing I found out about about Dalmatians, but so like a lot of the forums I was reading about like like Sublime and having the dog on stage. Lou Dog was always on stage and, and yeah. obviously like he went deaf at some point. And so if you listen to Stand By Your Van, the the live album they did in like 95, 94, he uh, Bradley Noel was like, Hey everybody, let's say Lou Ludog in one, two, three. And everyone was like, Lou Dog but then Ludog, if you watch the video to it, Ludog is just sitting there. And so then Brad gets in the mic and he said, like, Ludog, 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 Ludog. And then you can see like Ludog kinda of lift his head up. He was already kind of deaf at that point. Uh-huh. And a lot of people are like, Oh, that's fucked up, man. I can't believe you'd fucking do that to your dog. That's shitty. So like two things. One, he rescued that dog. That dog was abused and like tied up yeah, outside, true, left did. to die. He rescued that dog. And then two, I do not know about this, but like Dalmatians are prone to deafness.
1: I didn't know that either. I had a Dalmatian too. Dude, like, like <laughs> if your
0: Dalmatian is born deafness. deaf, like that's like a normal thing. People are like, eh, that just happens. If your Dalmatian goes deaf in the first like two weeks of its of its life, like, eh, yeah, that's a normal thing. But like a lot of Dalmatians go deaf early in their life and like think that's why they use them in like the fire houses so that they wouldn't get spooked oh, by the loud the noises. Sirens, yeah,
1: that would make sense. That would make sense.
0: But damn, dude, like like Ludog. I think bands should have more mascots. Like, Logos are one thing, man. Fuck logos. Who cares? Dumb. I think bands need more mascots. What, like Iron Maiden? Like Ludog, like a physical <laughs> mascot, like something you can interact with, touch, get bit by.
1: Get bit. Well, that's like um, uh, the guy from Snot, who who died after the first record. He he, there was kind of the same thing. He. The dog was like the mascot of the band, and then the dog ended up. Well, the the singer died in a car accident, and the dog died with him in the, that same car accident.
0: That was the dog that was in the the cover with the tennis yeah. ball. Yeah, yep. the boxer. Yeah. See, I dude, like band seen mascots, man, and I, th- I think it is like sad and tragic that the dog went deaf because of loud music. But it's like, dude, that dog had a better life. Like, had Brad not picked up that dog, that dog would He would be dead. He'd be done. He'd be yeah. Dead
1: also Dalmatians are fucking crazy dogs man they're fucking nuts
0: I've heard I, I don't I don't know what camp I fall under whether or not like dogs are predispositioned to be more aggressive than other dogs but I've heard so many people say that Dalmatians are more aggressive than normal dogs
1: it's because they're so hyperactive like the first three four years they're so they're they're one of the most hyper dogs I mean i've I've ever experienced because I mean like I said we had one for like We had our Dalmatian for like a year and a half and we couldn't, we couldn't control the dog anymore. So we ended up, our grandparents, our grandparents adopted the dog and she ended up living to be like 12 years old after being hit by a car as well. She survived getting hit by a car. She had all this like reconstructive surgery on one of her legs and her hip. And like she, her, her right leg was straight. She literally couldn't bend it anymore anymore because there were so many like rods and pins in that leg. It's just like a, like a
0: stick. no seriously it was like a
1: fucking stick yeah exactly but she survived the the fucking the getting hit by a car and shit which was done intentionally one of my grandparents neighbors hit her or let her out of the let her out of the backyard and then well as well my grandparents were on vacation and let her out of the backyard so she went running down the street and then he went hit her with his van and then dragged her body onto somebody's driveway and then called the cops Dude, you get killed for that kind of shit nowadays, dude. That dude, that that neighbor. That is not no, dude. That With neighbor the neighborhood was, app, no, dude. That neighbor was a was a, he was he was a psychopath. He would he would fucking go around and he would videotape old school camcorder, videotape everybody in the neighborhood, and then provoke them into like doing something to him, like saying like fuck you, you're fucking cunt, you're a bitch, you know, and flip people off in the neighborhood. And then when people would react, he would keep the film rolling and then he'd go back home and then splice like literally splice it with a razor blade splice up the tape to make it look like the neighbors were harassing him and then he would call the cops the cops would show up he'd show them the video but because he was doing this like every other day for like over a year the cops were like dude we know what you're doing like stop and he would continue <laughs> to harass everybody on the street dude that that's he was fucking insane yeah fuck my dad. yeah dude it was wild man that's the kind of shit that like stopped
0: with the the advent of like the next door app and the, and the internet and and people people all like like no that guy's fucking nuts he's an asshole yeah. fucking I mean
1: nut. he eventually went to jail but oh yeah, yeah he was a fucking crazy ass motherfucker but yeah he had he hit my grand my dog or my grandparents dog yeah fuck that guy honestly
0: like like my, in Arizona you know the gun toting Arizona is out here I see a lot of people that that claim this thing. And then I see even more comments where, like, yeah, that guy hates your fucking dog. Here's my number. Call me. I'll show up to your house, and I will fucking stand outside your house and protect your dog while he takes a shit with my gun. Like, dude, you get killed for that kind of shit out here.
1: It's fucking wild, man. uh, Arizona's the Wild West. I was just going to say that's the Wild West, man. It's the Wild West. Middle of nowhere city in the middle of the fucking desert.
0: You can can buy guns from somebody in a Walmart parking lot out of their fucking trunk. You just here fifty bucks. Thank you for this gun, and there's no there's no paper trail whatsoever. Yeah, it's the wild
1: west. Wild fucking west, dude. It's the final fucking west. Well, all right. Let's uh let, let let's move on. Uh, from pawn shop. That was my three B. What's uh What's your three B?
0: Wrong way. Really? That you that talk about I, wrong I, way. That's dude, my so good. No, that's because you think you're a cool guy. I'm a cool guy. Dude, this shit is a great song. Eric's bassline, dude, he drives this song forward so well, and he changes it up, right? So his lines aren't always the same. They pretty much like change every stanza. There's mm. hammers, or slides, or scales. Dude, he's fucking, he slays it. And it's this is the one. As hell. This yeah. is the one too, where like you finally hear like a trombone kind of thing with the solo with Eric and the trombone. The do yeah. do right, Come on.
1: Do, 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 do. And then it drops back into that verse. It's it's a solid song, man. It really. You're is.
0: fucking crazy. You're crazy I, if you think
1: this is wrong. Not a fucking
0: it's top a banger. Song of Sublime. It, it's a banger. About? It's a banger.
1: I I only put it as low as I do because I hear it all the all, Like several times a week, I hear this song. Like I just, it's a great song, but I'm so over it. So fucking over this song. His also That's Bradley's fair. guitar tone. His guitar tone is fucking incredible on this song it's, it's so, so bright it's so bright it's not really like a totally clean tone there's a there's something there a little bit of distortion maybe I don't know but that's the Mesa tone Boogie when he when uh, yeah. his
0: clean stuff he's only like like going through the Mesa Boogie that's it man it's good his he's distorted, distorted tones he's awesome. hitting everything else but like the the clean stuff when he's doing like the the, the off beats like upstrokes. it's that's yeah. that's the Mesa Boogie that's yeah, it yeah you're right
1: what what's cool about this song too about Wrong Way? This is like, this is almost like the, uh, the the successor to Date Rape. The way he tells the story, like the the, yeah. the way the way he delivers the the lines and everything is very Date Rape ish. Not as kind of not as frantic as as that song, but it's it's there, and he's telling this very specific story story about a young girl, a prostitute who. You know, he tries to or this the character tries to save her and say, you know, you can leave this life and, and do something better. But then when he when he tries to get her away from it, she just goes right back to it. That's all she knows. And I mean, I just it's a sad fucking story. The song is a really sad story.
0: It um, is. It is a sad story. I, I know there's problematic things about the way he delivers it in some parts of it. It's weird. But I think that just stems from a immaturity B This is the 90s Things were different It was a very different time And C It just It fucking rhymed When (laughs) things rhyme That's what you do That's true Yeah that's true too Like Journey When they talk about Like born and raised In South Detroit There's no fucking South Detroit It just It rhymes And it sounds cool You just go with it Who cares Why are you referencing That song That song is terrible It is terrible But that's like The best indication of, Of just Saying things Because it matches And rhymes that everybody can get behind and knows. Okay. There's okay. no South Detroit. What you fucking talking about South Detroit? Is there? I
1: don't know. I don't know. I've, no. never, I've never been to Detroit. I've never been to Michigan. I grew up in Detroit. Well, that's wrong, dude. Well. I'm from there. No, All it right. does not exist. Wrong way. I mean, what? The song, Move everyone on. Knows this, everyone knows this yeah, song, yeah, everyone knows this song.
0: Everyone knows this song. Let's get in some. Let's get in some. I don't know, dude. We only got like four songs left, five songs left, seven <laughs> songs left.
1: I mean, really, I the songs that I really want to talk about would be burrito. Well, I mean, really, my four, five, and six. I don't
0: want any burritos.
1: Burritos, April 29th, <laughs> and under my voodoo. Those are those are my next three songs right there.
0: What is what is your least favorite of those ones? Under my voodoo.
1: Okay, that's my twelve B. Okay, I mean the only thing I really want to talk about on this song is just the note matching. The note matching between Bradley's vocals and guitar are so good. And then yeah. there are moments too where where Eric and Brad are are just are just note matching as well. Like they, they, it's not it's not that Eric is following him the entire time. It's only in certain parts where he does play the exact same notes and it's really cool. It's just there's a lot of little things like that in the song that I think are incredible. Just also his vocal delivery, too. When, even when he's not no matching, when he's just, when he's screamed, kind of screaming the under my voodoo part, it's so good. And then the way Bud just kind of that drum roll, that that, that fucking fill, is so fucking good.
0: Dude, then, then that level of do 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 Dude, this is like this is another like psychedelic rock sounding song. This is very Hendrix sounding. This is oh for sure. This is Brad channeling his inner Hendrix, trying to do some shit here, and just the way this starts with a doo doo do, doo doo doo, it's so simple and it's just it, it's that one shape right like like it's like a fucking I don't know what the fuck I'm the I like, don't know. thing here, but it's a certain shape in a chord progression. It's a certain shape, and he's just hitting that kind of like going off on it, goofing around with it. And the whole song is based around that exact shape. Never really deviates from it. But he spices it up like the entire time. And it's not a short song. It's a long song.
1: It is. I think it's like four and a half minutes, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good one, man. I, I, fuck, I really... This is a song that, I, that really grew on me over the years as well. I, this is always like bottom tier. This and Pawn Shop were always bottom tier songs for me. Up until a few years ago then pawn shop just like flew up like i just i love that song and then under my voodoo's like slowly gained traction and it's it's gotten higher and higher into my binger list but
0: I think the yeah. more like we do the podcast and the more we realize how much we like about like jam type music which i still don't know why you don't like the grateful dead that's fine but the more you like like jam type music pawn shop is pawn shop's it
1: yeah, it's it's something special for sure.
0: That's that's their Grateful Dead song, even though they covered Grateful oh. Dead. But that is their that's their Grateful Dead song. Better than Grateful Dad.
1: Well, all on there, dude. Well, sure, dude. All right, we, so uh... so yeah, under my voodoo, I'm I'm good on this one. Um, that's fine. Let's run through them. Let's run through them as fast as we possibly can. As fast as we possibly can. Well, actually, let, let let's let's jump into April 29, nineteen ninety two. Yeah, but this is my five B. It's my seven B. This is a good one though, right? <laughs> this is so goddamn so good. good.
0: It's funny because you can hear you can hear this main riff that ding 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 ding. ding you ding, 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 can hear that ding, from the ding, demo of ding. the song "Don't Push" at the end of the demo it? for "Don't Push." Towards the end of it, you can only hear the demo for "Don't Push" off of "Jaw Won't Pay the Bills." At the end of it, they do ding boom 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 boom. They don't do the doo, 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 do. But that's the, the best other part. It. <laughs> it's the end. But it's there I like the fact that this band Not only puts out all of their songs in, in various forms And it was even before he died too So it wasn't like oh he died and put everything out They always put out their songs in various forms And then thought like you know We could have done that better Let's do it again Like they did with Lincoln Highway Dub Into Sandaria, Even though I don't think they did it better You don't think they did it better But they thought they could do it better I like that they do that
1: Yeah I, I do like it too uh, Damn, that, there's
0: a lot of samples in this one too. A lot of shout outs of the hip hop artists, right? Mob Deep, Slick Rick, Snoop Dogg, Public Enemy. Dude, this is just.
1: But it, I mean, rife. It, it makes sense because this song is about the the Rodney King riots in '92, um, and supposedly, you know, according to this song, uh, Bradley was a part of those riots. He stole, you know, a TV, the guitar that you're hearing today. Hey, I always like that. That part too, where
0: ding 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 ding. That was the first time <laughs> in the song where the riff, the riff like like ascends instead of descends, right? Ding ding ding. ding ding ding
1: ding Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I never, I didn't pick up on that. You're right. Fucking rad. God, that's so sick. That's so sick. I, I just, <laughs> I love, I love that that guitar line too. It's, it's not, it's not overly complicated either. It's just. It's perfect. It's an absolutely perfect little guitar it's, lick. It's very like it's very like Blink-182. It's very m- mediocre and kind of <laughs> like is. dumb
0: and silly, but super effective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just even though there's no real there's no hook to this song, it's just he's telling a story, but I know every goddamn fucking word in this song. Of course. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. I, th- I think it's because when he tells a story, he doesn't ju- he doesn't tell it like every 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 line is the same or every section sounds the same. He do- he he narrates it with he, he the way he expresses himself and he expresses the the scenarios is, is unique and each one is very unique in itself. And it just it's a great world building song too. It's it perfectly describes what happened during the Rodney King riots. It's it, it's an absolute perfect song, and like literally it it does
0: get into to kind of the overarching theme of of why we should be cognizant of the of the riots, and and he specifically says it's not about Rodney King, it's about like the fucked up police, and like really like the overall about picture. King.
1: It was a wait, what's the line? It wasn't it about, was about Rodney King, King. The
0: fucked up situation. These fucked up police. Yeah, there we have it. And then he quotes Snoop Dogg, right? It's about uh, coming on top and screaming the 187 on a motherfucking, motherfucking cop. Cap.
1: But which what Snoop Dogg said on the Chronic. It's that pause, though. 187 on a motherfucking
0: cap. cop. This is all like cop, yeah. all nasally. <laughs> but I'm I've, oh, I've, I mean, so, I mean, for whatever it's worth, I have no reason to to not believe him, not believe him, nah. that he was involved in the riding through riots. In the riots, meaning this looting and 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 yeah. taking what is not yours.
1: Agreed. Yeah, I, I have no reason not to believe it, considering his, his lifestyle as well. You know, yeah. fucking, you know, an addict. You know, just I don't want to say he was living on the streets, but he was like he wasn't living a a normal middle class, even low income. You know what I mean?
0: Well, it's it's, it's funny because like his parents. His parents weren't poor, but they weren't rich, but they weren't, and again, this is like the fucking seventies, right? When he's like born and then like growing up and then, and then he, uh, his parents owned a sailboat and he got his like first like full reggae blast when his dad took him on a sailing trip to, to Jamaica and like Mm -hmm. they sailed around Jamaica and that's when he fell in love with like, like reggae. So like, it's not like he was, he grew up poor or anything, but they weren't rich and to think that like, oh, well, you had a sailboat. It's like, well, that's, you know, that's not indicative of like being like a wealthy person in Long Beach in 1970, fucking whatever the fuck it was, 78 or 79. Yeah. Just like you bought a sailboat. Yeah. Like back then people could work for a living and still have fun. You know <laughs> I know. I mean? like, that's just, it was that's a very society. different time in that sense. <laughs> you could buy a house and be a single fucking nerd and then buy a house. <laughs> oh, man uh it's, yeah, it's we've, we've been like horribly conditioned to question like all types of, of, of people with money right or, or yeah. even concept of people with money you on a boat oh you must be rich It's like what the fuck like, no no <laughs>
1: oh i know it's it's disgusting it's sad like it we, is, it dude, is sad. living paycheck to paycheck two person you know two per two household or whatever whatever you know husband and wife or whoever you know both working full time and still living paycheck to paycheck. Silly. It's fucked up, man. Yeah, it's, it's so fucking silly, but normal, and we no. accept it. We do, yeah. Because I mean, what, what's the alternative? You know, the what's alternative the alternative? Opening
0: up your own fucking business and fucking the man and
1: yeah. Good luck with uh, that, though. <laughs> yeah, don't pay your taxes. Let's see what's hap- let's see what happens with that. Well, not right? about
0: like it's not paying taxes, but like, like opening your own business and and fucking the, the the corporate man.
1: Oh yeah, fucking corporate man. Uh also, you know, stop um stop uh I don't never mind. I'm not gonna go down this road. What are you but gonna do? what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh April twenty ninth, nineteen ninety two. Um April twenty six. next Well, yeah, that's what he says. Well that's what he and says. And this
0: is this is the first time where you really hear like I mean not the first time, but like we, it's clearly that that they took this this was the best take.
1: Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like he,
0: for sure. he fucks up the words. It's not like this was in, intentional. he just fucked up, up the, the words, date. <laughs> yeah, because he was probably drunk or high or something, and a lot of the documentaries
1: and the interviews you read it's
0: like brad was was sober for three months. I don't believe it, I
1: don't either not I don't at believe all. it like like we we talked about on um, oh no, you know we didn't we talked about it between the pods, but we were talking about how. Fletcher was was Fletcher on the, on the offspring podcast was talking about who's the original bass player from uh oh, um, Jason Thirsk. Yeah. Jason Thirsk. How like, you know, he was such an addict that he was able to hide his addiction from yeah. everybody in the band and everybody in his life. It's like, that's what people, that's what addicts do. They're able to Crazy. find ways to, to, to be, to be, to hide their, to hide their addiction and everything. And it's just like, Yeah, he claimed to be three months sober, but I guarantee you he wasn't.
0: No fucking way.
1: Especially to relapse so hard and then die from it. Come on,
0: dude, and die from it. Yeah. And supposedly, like, like you know, and then the then the light side of the story, like that was the first time he did it in like three months. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. I don't. But I mean, we're we're also
1: we don't we're we're not you know (laughs) we've never done heroin, so we can't really say one way or the other. I've never
0: known anybody that like did was addicted to heroin. So I, I used to I know, know
1: a couple guys who did it, but I didn't, I mean, I wasn't like close with them at all, but I knew, I knew they did it. But uh, I mean, the I
0: addiction know. thing is that's that's one thing that my, my Mexican side of the family there's <laughs> talking about alcohol addiction. There's plenty of uh, ducks to choose from over there, <laughs> but I've never, uh, never been around somebody who's addicted to anything harder than like alcohol, but alcohol is like to, f- personally, I think alcohol is one of the worst drugs that's ever been invented.
1: Yeah it's pretty bad yeah my, my uncle he was he was addicted i mean he was a speed dealer all kinds of shit he was doing shit with the mexican mafia and shit back in the late 80s like he i mean he's dead now but he yeah just hardcore addiction in that cocaine crack meth alcohol just all that shit man but you can be
0: around somebody. You can be around somebody that's like, like cocaine's just, you know, who gives a fuck anymore at this yeah. point? Mushrooms, whatever. But like, you're around somebody who's like four beers deep. That's not the same person that's zero beers deep.
1: True. No, you're right. You're right. Like somebody that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like
0: somebody that like uses alcohol to escape. Like, that is not the same person.
1: Alcohol is nasty. Yeah, it can be very, very nasty. As we're drinking beers, we're like, I know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are we to talk right now? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> about alcohol at least. But but, but you know dire, but, but, but you and I never dabbled. Addiction. But we never dabbled in, in, in anything more illicit than alcohol. Outside of like weed, but I never I've never done anything outside of weed and, and booze.
0: No, I did I did I did mushrooms for the first time when the bar closed and that was that was wild that was fun i would do mushrooms again
1: i've always wanted to try but i never and I, I mean we have we have friends who do it obviously and you know but
0: i think next time you come out we should do mushrooms Be, the, the, the i I don't do a lot of them and i didn't do a lot of them well would like a little a, lot of them a little bit them. that you do is just kind of like wow man this is this is stupid I mean, it just <laughs> made me really dumb like, i just thought everything was stupid much like like we're doing the pod it's just yeah, like yeah. you know what i mean yeah
1: endeavors and I'm, drugs I'm, I'm not opposed to, to to doing uh shrooms or anything like that
0: that would be a cool podcast to listen to um not for us to do but like it would be cool to just like see someone who's never done any kind of drug in their life and then have a podcast about them doing various drugs for the first time <laughs> be it alcohol weed cocaine you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like that would be a fun podcast and like see if they can like I don't talk about the same topic over and over and over, based on the different drugs they do.
1: And then six months later, they've they're on a downward spiral, and they're they've completely fucked up their life. Well, first of all, we don't quote uh, nine inch nails here. Second of all, <laughs> that would not be funny. <laughs> that that would not be fun. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, that's my point. But anyway, dude, we've we've really gone off track here. <sighs> let's
0: just let's just I guess let's just wrap it up here. I'm um, yeah. a couple points. A couple points. We're, we're, I'm gonna, I'm we're almost run two through. hours deep. Almost two hours deep. I'm gonna run through a couple points and then I'm gonna wrap it up. It's my record wrap up. You ready? Let's do it. One, uh, the solo in Santeria. I think Brad finally got the opportunity to really explore the solo because yeah. the Lincoln Highway dub didn't didn't quite let him explore the solo. And I think the solo is really good. I think it's smooth. That's an incredible solo. I think it's smooth like butter. I think it's it's the only thing worth listening to in that song. Agreed. Um, otherwise, that that song is, is pretty stupid. That video is, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want yeah, to make fun of it. I don't want to say. But anything all the videos it. were
1: done after he died, and and it's not. But no even their date rape
0: video is fucking terrible. Like, too, all yeah. the all the videos are bad. Yeah. Um, otherwise, otherwise, let's see here. We're we talking about yeah, But but yeah, oh, yeah you're right. So
1: the the Santeria solo is the highlight, and once again, his guitar tone during that solo is incredible. One of the highlights of the whole record is his guitar tone on that solo, so that's all I have to say about that. Otherwise, it's an it's an overrated song, and I'd be fine if I never heard it again.
0: I I like hearing it once every like time we do the pod. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. I'm fine that's with that. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So from a wrap up here, I think Sublime is a app an absolutely criminally underrated band. When we talk about like bands that release stuff in the '90s, and and like we talk about Third Eye Blind a lot, and like all the bands that are still exist today, and it's like yeah, they're great. They did they did fucking fantastic albums, but like what do they do for music? What do they do for the genre? What do they do from the stuff they were sampling, taking from, influenced by, and and obviously like you know '94 was a big a big hit for music, but even like Green Day, like Green Day took something and, and exploded it into the mainstream i don't know why sublime i don't know why reggae never caught on to like like americans you just don't fucking like it unless it's unless the title of it is bob marley don't give a shit right at all be it yeah. ska fucking reggae tone be it dub be it reggae unless it says bob marley in it don't give a shit but and then sublime people only just,
1: like like six bob marley songs and that's it
0: but like we know dude that that Bob Marley legend album my god like fucking everybody knows every goddamn song from that great fucking compilation. Album. One of the best. <laughs> it's a it's a good compilation. It's a good compilation <laughs> yeah. for sure. But dude Sublime is an absolutely criminally underrated band. Everybody in this band is absolutely on the top of their game. They are they're pushing boundaries. They are blending genres not just just like musically but also like like locationally, regionally, geographically they're locationally they're saying, locationally, locationally from locations that they're in locationally that's a word <laughs> look it up i've made it up it's fine i really do i i really do i i There yeah. was this guy that i used to work with at david busters not david busters excuse me at tgi fridays in brea he was he was a drummer i thought he was a drummer he's not that great of a drummer but he's a bartender too his name was ty and he would talk about all these great bands from the '90s, and like he would only fucking like bring up like the big ones. Like he was, like, oh, Nirvana's the greatest band from the '90s, and Soundgarden was there. I'm like, dude, you're only fucking like scratching the surface here, bro. Like, do you listen to Sublime? And this is in Brea, California. And he's like, no, Sublime yeah. fucking trash. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're trash. Like, why do you think they're trash? Like, oh, they're trash because you know they're fucking white guys trying to do reggae. It's like, oh my god, dude. Like, that's just like the most fucking. I you're missing don't know. the point. That's, you're you're, you're that's the, missing the point. Yeah. That's the most bitch response I've ever heard from it anybody is, fucking yeah. like dismissing a band just because like they're fucking white guys doing reggae like fuck off fuck you whatever. Ugh, nobody bitches the Clash for doing it, right? Exactly. Why the fuck do they, I, fuck I think
1: off. I think what it is is because all the bands that came out after, like I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, most of the bands that came out after Sublime only took the bad parts of it, like the the more straight up straight up reggae stuff and they didn't even do it nearly as well as sublime did and that's True. what people base their their opinions on are bands like pepper and slightly stupid you know i think like just, the worst
0: <sighs> the worst sublime song is just as good as any of those bands best song
1: oh yeah for sure
0: and it's kind of funny too because slightly stupid and pepper both were signed to skunk records really i did beginning know that. yeah i think slightly no pepper was the band that that was like the f- the first bigger band that they had signed to Skunk Records to make money for the label. Shit. okay. But anyway, I, I think I think Sublime is absolutely underrated, and they're they're not talked about enough in circles of '90s music. I think this album is not just a perfect three, but this is a, a testament to to music in the '90s. This is just as important to me, and it should be to everybody. As like, never mind. It really, it really should be. Nevermind is popular and great because it did something for a genre. So did this. It's just not a genre people like. But <laughs> it's a genre people don't like because I think they don't listen to it.
1: Because a lot of it's not good.
0: But like, this is not just reggae. This is also hip hop. I know. This is also I know. Punk. This is also thrash and but all the, those ba- all those the genres. Genre, but the genre get that, that you the side to.
1: But the, yeah, but the genre genre, genre that. Inspired the next generation was this like shitty white boy ska reggae. Like that, I don't know.
0: And I think it sucks because I don't know. There's there's a lot of bands that that did the white boy ska reggae thing and that probably like real real big fish. Like I like that band in moderate in my moderat- in, mo- in moderation. Like they're yeah. a cool opening band for like MXPX. I'd be down. Suburban but, Legends,
1: another one too.
0: Well, Suburban Legends is essentially a Disneyland band. Like I like watching them <laughs> That's true in yeah. the ca- capacity of seeing them for free at Disneyland, That's <laughs> Downtown cool Disney.
1: Not not Disneyland, but Downtown. Disney. Yeah, you're Disney. right. Downtown Disney. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> so so it's just dude. Sublime is just so much more than that. There's so much more than that. There's so much. There's so much more complexity going into their music. And and again, like, like bands like real big fish, like like even Boston, who've been around way longer than Sublime has. Like Tones never did a song like Thank You at the end of Forty Ounces of Freedom where they just fucking thank everybody that has helped them. Tones never did anything genre wise where it went from one genre to the next genre to the next genre, but also giving credit per genre in the song itself, like the way Sublime did. Sublime was a band that that love music. I don't know. I don't know, man. No, I, I I get it. I, I, I get it. I just can't. I can't understate how underrated this band is. I think I, they're I very can't.
1: underrated. I agree. They are very underrated. But it's
0: perfect. I'm done. It's perfect album. Three out of three. I think this band is criminally underrated.
1: Okay. My um. So so yeah. We we have a. We base everything off of our world famous three point rating system, where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to one is a bad album but give it a shot and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard so i do i do i think that sublime is very underrated i think this album is very underrated um i think the way that they were able to mesh the genres was was just so well done bradley is so it's really bradley he he is the underrated equate part of the equation here he's an incredible songwriter, incredible guitar player, singer. He had, he had everything. And so young, the guy died at fucking 28 years old. The (laughs) guy had just, just uh, a wealth of talent. Like really, like I don't want to compare him to Jimi Hendrix because I don't think he's as great of a guitar player as Jimi Hendrix, but it's kind of in that same vein. Like he had, he had the backup band, the solid backup band. He had the feel, he had the emotion, he had the ability in a different kind of way, doing something different for the scene, really. Like the overall music scene, he was that was Bradley, you know, and they both died so fucking young. Hendrix and and Bradley. And like I said, I'm not saying that Bradley is better than Hendrix, but it's just they're similar. I
0: don't fucking care. uh, Better than Hendrix. Bradley's the greatest of all time. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: How about that dude? Well um but I do love this record. I do love this band. I can't give it a perfect, a perfect rating. silly boy talk. It's I gotta give it a 2.9 because there are, like I said, there are a couple songs on here that, yes, I know every fucking word to them. I know every transition. I know every bit of the song, but that's only because it's in the context of everything that is so great. But you're telling
0: me, you're telling me, you're sitting at a fucking bonfire, right? It's It's... It's senior year of That's high school, so, right? Dude,
1: you're so hyper regional right now. I don't care because
0: I'm <laughs> trying to change your, your your rating to at least a two point nine nine. Nobody little, can relate. Little to this. thing on top of the nine, yeah, because nobody lived Mitch in the greatest I'm- fucking part of the world <laughs> in the in the early two thousands. You had a fucking bonfire, right? You got all, everybody's uh, next to you. Everyone's talking. There's dude, a lull. Is- <laughs> There's a lull in the conversation. Someone brings out a guitar and starts uh. hitting that And not everybody is going to join in and sing. What I got? And have a great time. You tell me you're gonna sit there and not
1: sing along? I wouldn't. I don't like that. No, I. You're, that, you're, you're, no, you're you're, you're garbage. No. <laughs> That's you're garbage. That to me, that is the equivalent to somebody picking up a guitar and playing "Wonderwall" by Oasis. No, it is not. Yes, it is. Don't obviously. Obviously, I will one leave, song I will, is better. I will leave this
0: podcast <laughs> fucking right now and never obviously, come back. Obviously, one song you is better than the other. Don't even
1: say that. One song is better than the other, obviously. Yeah,
0: one song is objectively trash. The agreed, other song is a agreed. statement about like not agreed. just Southern California life, but also everything we've talked about throughout this
1: pod. I agree, but... Both overplayed. Were, but if somebody were to do that at a bonfire, I would just go, eh, you know let's go over here.
0: You would have the same, you would have the same <laughs> reaction if somebody started playing T-Day is going to be the day as you would if someone yes. started playing yep. what
1: I, you're, you're a liar. Yep. You're a liar. I would. I think I you're would lying. I would, I think you're I would, lying. I, whoever I was with, I would say, hey, let's go over here. I think you're lying. I think, you are, I think I think you are. I, I do love bonfires on the beach in Huntington. I do like it. We had a lot of fun doing that shit, but I would treat it the same way and I feel the same way.
0: I think you're lying. I I'm think you not. should make sure that your nose is not pointed towards your computer because <laughs> it will smash it with your long fucking Pinocchio lying wow, nose. Is,
1: that is that is a reference, dude. Um so yeah, what did I say? 2.9? Yeah, 2.9. 2.9. 2.9. No. No. So you gave, you gave this a 290 out of 300. That's pretty good. Dude, don't do that. Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Okay. Um don't, don't do, do that. It. Don't do it. that. 2.9 out of 3. That's my rating. Um, also, real quick, I wanted to touch upon the artwork. So the the picture on on the cover is by uh, a, a Long Beach artist named Opie cool. Ortiz, and it is of Bradley. Uh, it's his back. Sublime is tattooed across the top of his back. So that actually is him, and uh, and that's the, the kind of, I guess, famous artwork. Yeah, on-
0: that that's for sure their most like famous like thing, outside the sun.
1: Yeah, I think even
0: the Sublime artwork is like their their most famous. But that's very, dude, that's a very like Los Angeles, Long Beach, kind of like gangster Mexican culture thing (laughs) to do.
1: It just makes you think of like suicidal tendencies or like you said, like, you know, gang tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what that is. No, like old (laughs) English style font. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. It's true. I was going to say something about somebody I know, but... Not gonna do it while we're a. Who has so.
0: who has silly tattoos?
1: We all do, right? You and I. I mean, both dude, do.
0: That, I, only, that, I only get tattoos if they're silly. I will not get a serious tattoo.
1: Yeah, you do have some pretty silly tattoos. I mean, mine are pretty much cool all the way around, but well,
0: you, your tattoos are even more silly because you thought they were cool, <laughs> and turns out they're even more silly than
1: they should be. Well, that's not true, dude. Um, anyway. I don't know. Is that all we have on this this episode? I'd say that's all, baby. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Tell all your friends we're the best podcast in the world. Thank you all for listening. And that's it. That's all. Eric goes
2: some
1: old.